Okay, so I'm in conversation with Helen Hopper today, mixed martial artist, animal lover, climber, all round good person, very interesting lady. I hope you enjoy the show. This is episode four. Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, I'm really hot because uh, I had a shower and I I got some uh, skin cream. I don't really use skin cream very much. It's called Hydrator, so I thought it might make me look a bit younger, something like that. I don't know. But it just makes me roast. So I look quite red, maybe. But anyway, that's that's my story. How are you? That's I mean, I'm I'm loving the straight into the skin chat. Um, you know, if you if you want to follow my uh my skincare routine, you know, please follow my YouTube channel. I don't talk about it. Well no 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 now you'll laugh at this, but um yeah. When I was in the shower, I was thinking, I was just going through, I, you know, I have about four or four or five things, obviously, that I want to talk about today. And I thought, what is your skincare regime? And the reason why I ask you is because fighting is rough on the skin. You know, it's rough on the skin. So um, what's your inside, what's your inside track? What's your kind of kind of protocols to keep your skin as good as it possibly can, you know, without um, just you know genetics gee, gee burn and sorry genetics <laughs> okay well, so basically you're giving us nothing yeah i don't really do anything to be honest okay. i um i yeah i i yeah i really don't do anything i'm very lax on the the whole self care thing i wash my hair I wash it <laughs> every time i try and i wash my hair yeah that's yeah. pretty much it okay i mean obviously like i so I use Dove soap. Yeah. On my whole body. Okay. That's it. So That's all I do. Yeah, because like um, talking about, I just <laughs> struggle with. A, is it a bar of soap? No, I, <laughs> I actually, if you want to get technical, what yeah. I actually do, which is probably quite, embar- I've never admitted this to anyone in public before. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, hand soap. You know, like Dove hand soap, the squeezy yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I use that. Okay. On my whole body. Okay. If that's the best way of doing it or not, but that's what I do, and I mean it works. I've I've been doing that for probably about my whole adult life. Okay. Yeah, it's. um, When when did your adult life start? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I'll say from the moment I first moved out when I was seventeen. Okay. Yeah. First moved out of my mum's when I was seventeen. So I would say that's when adult life begins because you have to actually look after yourself. So I would say that that is a pretty badass, and certainly that it gets the lone wolf tick um, moving okay. out when you're 17. Like I couldn't pee straight at 17. So tell me about, tell me about that. How did that, how did that all work? Oh, you know, without going into sort of, you know, any kind of a traumatic family history, but that's quite a bold move, isn't it? Well, okay. So what happened was um, I had horses at the time um that was like my I guess my my entire teenage years was all about horses okay um I worked at the yard I had horses myself before I had my own horses I looked after everyone else's because I just wanted to be around them so I was like well I can't afford it so I'll just look after everyone else's and eventually I kind of got to the point where I could afford my own so I had my own had two at one point not very long Uh, one of them was quite um badly well to cut a long story short she had fused ribs 
but I got her before, well, she'd only just been broken in. And so she was still growing, she was still developing. So as she developed, the fused ribs became worse. So when she would breathe heavily, you think when you breathe heavily, your ribs are going in and out. Yeah, yeah. But the cartilage between two of her ribs was fused together. Oh, wow. She like had a, a problem when she was a little baby, but you know, like in the field, if you if a horse get, gets kicked in the field, probably not gonna know about it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, of course. It actually shows signs of lameness. It's, you know, if they're turned out for the winter or something, mm. it's, you know, there's, you're not, that's not going to show up. So, you know, we don't really know what happened. I mean, we've never known what's happened. Like, I mean, I got, I got her when I was like maybe six, 15, 16 kind mm. of age. Um, anyway, so I had her and then I also had another horse called Dragon, who was the absolute love of my life. Absolutely loved that horse so much. Uh, but Dream, the first one, she was... She was quite naughty as well, but she was just, she's just a typical stroppy woman, really. Um, wow, you went there. Um, so uh, hey, I, I speak for myself. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not um, here to, you know, okay. uh, yeah. remove stereotypes. I'm, you know, I'm still a woman. Uh, so she basically, she was in a lot of pain, obviously, because of the fused ribs, and we couldn't work out what's wrong with her. Got everything checked on her body, like, you know, got her saddle checked, got her bit checked, got her teeth checked, got her bridle checked, literally everything. There was nothing more to do than a full body x-ray. So obviously that's expensive. Mm. A horse x-ray is, you know, it's not cheap. So it's like really the last thing possible, which is that when we found out about the fused ribs, by the way, we didn't know before that. Okay. However, when... uh, the fused ribs were being diagnosed, the vet asked me to trot her up, which basically means I had to lead her um, next to me up like a straight line so he could see her movement. Right. Because the thing is, she didn't particularly look lame. It was only when she was breathing that she's breathing heavily that she was serious. Like you could tell she was in pain, but mm. she didn't look it because it wasn't to do with her legs. So it was very difficult to see it. So he wanted to see her movement. So I trotted her up. And we got to the top and she just went mental, span around, kicked out, kicked my ribs, um, broke my ribs, lacerated my liver, lacerated my kidneys. I had all this internal bleeding. I don't remember particularly this situation because I was unconscious at the time. Oh, I don't remember any of it. Actually, I was unconscious. Um, face down. In a, I, woke, I remember waking up and being like, this is really warm um, because it, I, my face was in the grass. Like, you know, like in the, it was like really mossy grass. So I remember, like, I, I, I still remember being really, because by the time I woke up, the ambulance was there. But right. I don't, I don't have any recollection of the bit in the middle. And I, wow. I just remember being like, why is it so warm on my face? And that's always been my question. Obviously it's moss, it's moss is really warm. Um, so is it moss it, warm? Yeah, like, yeah. If you think about, like, if you go out and you want to be, if is grass or moss warmer look at the insulation oh yeah i guess yeah yeah yeah. it's more yeah. like a carpet isn't it yeah yeah exactly so but like obviously that didn't occur to me at the time because i was like why is it so warm you like concussed yeah <laughs> it was really weird anyway it turned out she had the horse had um span around kicked out kicked me and then galloped off so she'd actually galloped to the next village along um oh, so, yeah, people had to go and rescue her bring her back um and I obviously went in the ambulance and you know did all that 
so I was working for that yard at the time and um I was 17 at this point and I was in hospital uh, this was this also by the way this all happened the week before Christmas so I was in hospital for the next two weeks right. so over Christmas um everything I was in hospital I was like it, you know I don't know what they do now but um back then bear in mind this is what mm, can't count but I'm 33 now so yeah a few years ago mm. um they pretty much tried to clear everyone out at Christmas okay. it's like you know they don't want to be they want an easy life don't they yeah like exactly. so uh there was me on this massive war there was me and about six people and that was it and they were all about 90 odd and then there was just me who was 17 and like I was only just on the adult ward you know if I was a year younger I'd have been on the pediatric ward still but I was yeah just like just just hanging out I was just like this is the weirdest thing so yeah so that was the Christmas and then I got out of hospital and was like okay I've got to recover obviously broken ribs lacerated liver lacerated kidneys it's, it takes a little bit of time to recover I mean, I'm not the most patient person in the world but I kind of knew like okay I can't just go straight back to riding I've got to you know relax a little bit and the people that I worked for at the yard were like if you don't come back now then we have to give someone else your job so you you have to make that decision like now and I was like but I can't like I can't come back because you know I'm I was like, I think I was the first time they said I was still in the hospital. And then the second time I just got home and I was just like, I literally am not allowed to do anything. Um, and if I do, then, you know, who who's to blame? It's me that's going to have to suffer the consequences, not them. Anyway, so I went fine. I won't come back then. You know, fine, whatever. So I started looking for jobs online. It's just like, you know, why not? I, I was sitting there doing nothing. Um and the internet was a thing back then, although it wasn't a big thing, but it was a thing. Yeah. Um, and I found, I saw, I, I, there's, a, there's a website called Yard and Groom, which is okay. probably still around, I imagine. Um, but yeah, it was basically like my, I'd kind of used to go on it as like my little dream world of where can I work in the world? Because they, they would have like, you know, international jobs and all these really amazing yards that were, you know, um, had like show jumpers and and cross country horses and all this stuff and that to me at that point that was like the dream, you know. Um, so I used to go on there and and kind of like not job hunt but just like see what was out there before and then I was like right you know what I'm just gonna apply to all the jobs that I want to apply to. I'm just gonna do it. So I applied to like all, literally every job on the site I pretty much applied to. Mm. Um, and I got a reply from this yard in Ireland and they were like when can you start? And I was like, well, I mean, I, I've just come out of hospital. I'm not allowed to work until whenever that it was. Sure. But as soon as that happens, I can start any time kind of thing. Like as soon as the time's up, I, I can start any time. And they were like, yep, yeah, okay, fine, no problem. Come for an interview. Um, and then if you like it, then you can start on that date that, you know, that you that you said, like, you know, once you're, you're fixed kind of thing. And I was like, okay. So I went over for an interview. It was all good happy days moved there in like the february and just yeah so so basically so, th so th this is even deeper because so not only did you move out of your house but you also moved to a different country yeah that's crazy yeah were you uh were you, like what was going through your head were you like fearful about it were you nervous or were you just like time, you know no. you know when you're young you're just like 
hey, let's go and live in a different country. Yeah, you just get on with it. I don't think I really even thought anything of it, to be honest. Like, I ever remember thinking like, oh, I'm moving. It was just like, this is just what I'm doing. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just like, all right, cool, let's go. That's interesting. So So you kind of just took it in your stride and like, I'm going to do this. So uh, now it's about the admin and logistics of making that happen as opposed to you know going meta to that and kind of like oh but what if you were just no, like no, no just what straightforward no, straight ahead yeah, yeah yeah yeah. it was all just yeah. like right they don't want me someone else does let's go yeah wow <laughs> much yeah oh um, yeah, yeah i don't know like i don't i can't think about it now but like i don't yeah i don't ever remember even hesitating to go just being like oh, that's such a cool opportunity let's go let's go and do it was, was that was that like um like a common thing in your life you're kind of like yeah. just like heat seeking yeah. missile kind of thing and and yeah. so so you remember doing that in your childhood sort of previous that was your was your kind of like just go get it sort of mindset yeah, let's do it. yeah. why 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 sit there and think about it for a year and is that, is that do you think that sort of maintained have you ever reached a point where you're just like oh, i just should think a little bit about it you know that kind um, of thing. Was it i guess i do years? think more now but not really i mean like I think a little bit more about the future, but I mm. mean, I think about the future as in like, what is the best thing to do? What's the best route to take? But if okay. I, I, I think, I think what I'm saying is, once I've decided on a path, I don't see the point in hanging around. Right, gotcha. It takes me a long time to get to that decision sometimes. Mm. So I'll think of all the di- like I'll I'll do the decision making process. Hmm. but once i've made the decision i go it's done okay that's really that's cool it. you just don't make the decision you do it that's it there's no there's no once the decision is made there's no second guessing that's it you just do it so um so they sell dove skincare in ireland then right yeah well, they they, uh, maybe maybe they make it in ireland I, I don't think no i don't think it was the same brand i think it was um it's a, a, the same logo oh right okay cool um, they have like uh, so in some countries it's called pure but it's the same logo so i think it's the same company but it's just a different picture it's like opal and corsa or opal and uh, i get you yeah yeah because was that um, the one where the it was same. just like there was one advert where it was like they they were pouring milk and it became a bar of soap or something like that yeah, it's probably that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. cool cool Why yeah it's probably that. soap it's crazy um yeah yeah so okay, so basically, you haven't got any particular skincare regime. You're just like, oh, you know, you're like, you know, it's it's Wait, minimal, minimal. Kind right. of yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so what are you up to at the minute then? Um, in life or yeah, living the dream casually. Yeah. Um, working All on the business. above. Yeah, uh, yeah. My business is taking a lot of my time. Uni's taking a lot of my time. Unfortunately, training's not really taking any of my time. Well, it's taking a bit of my time, but okay, not enough. <laughs> quite frankly sure. yeah, I, yeah. I would like to be trained more i'm, yeah. I'm not at all and you know so for people that, that that don't know you um yep like what is your business and what does that look like on a day-to-day basis okay so my business is called hhh self-defense that stands for helen hellraiser harper which is incidentally my fight name um so that's that so hhh self-defense like when I started it, it was meant to be just pure self-defense. Um, I wanted to teach women. I wanted to teach like corporate. I wanted to, you know, like help as many people as I could. And then I realized that 
people don't really want to be helped unless they want to be helped. As in, if I would just talk to some random person and be like, everyone should learn self-defense, they'd be like, yeah, that's a really nice idea, but I don't need it. Yeah, cheers, bye, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. And I got really, like, obviously, I mean, I take everything personally. This is a, very much a, a theme in my life. Um, oh, really? Oh, okay. Oh, I'm terrible for it, yeah. So what's that about then? How, how did you learn to to take things what? personally? Probably my family. So does know. that does that help you? Do, do you think that, that helps you, hinders no. you, or a bit of both? Or? Fucking pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> right, 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 right. I hate it. It does my head in. But I tried to stop it so many times, and it just doesn't, like... There's something that just there's a block there that just doesn't work so you keep taking things personally i always take things personally and now kind of okay. in the last year or so i've just decided to accept it okay um i've kind of i think so I've, i'm i'm a very emotional person like I, anyone that knows me will know this um very emotional i'm very passionate i take everything personally i'm either i'm either at naught or 100 miles an hour there's no like middle ground for me it's either right. I'm everything at the same time or I'm doing nothing and I'm probably crying in bed like there's no different that's the two options okay um and I've always been like that and I think I've always tried to you know a lot of for example coaches in the past have been like oh you're just you're too emotional you're too you know you're too crazy you're too this or too that and I've always tried to change and I've always tried to like not be that like that. And it makes it worse because I'm trying so hard not to be. Because you're pushing against it. Yeah. Mm. But the more I kind of go, you know what? I'm just emotional. I'm, I'm I, it's not because I'm upset. It's because I care so much. Mm, okay. Right. Mm. And, and and I'll cry. I cry all the time. Right. Mm. I cry all the fucking time. Mm. Um, especially in, in training. I cry in training. If it's, if I get, I get, it's not because I'm angry. It's because I'm frustrated with myself. It's uh, it's so funny. Um, I listened to the audiobook of uh, Ronda Rousey, mm. and she's kind of exactly the same in that she, you know, because you know, if you if you look at you know all the all the press and stuff that when she was in UFC, I mean, she she yeah. is a super hard case, super yeah, yeah. hard case. But she was saying like, I cry at everything. You know, yeah. there's this sort of flip side that is like when she's not being an absolute hard ass is is that she um. Yeah, she just cries all the time, cries and training, cries whether she wins, whether she loses. Yeah, yeah so similar. Yeah, all the time, all the time. And uh, I mean, like, I remember, I actually remember when I got my my purple belt from Jude and he he was like, Helen, this is the one time I actually think it's okay that you cry and you're not crying. And I was just like, yeah, it's really weird. Isn't it? <laughs> it's like, this is the only time, like, it's okay to cry. You got your purple belt. And I was like, I can't cry. I'm too happy. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, I'm surprised. And I so weird. It was like it was the only time I've just been like, I'm actually don't need to cry. Like, okay. it, yeah, it was the weirdest situation. But I think that other than that, I pretty, I do cry all the time. Like it's and I and as I said, like I used to push against it all the time and be like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. You know, like nah, stuff that and just get like you know trying not to be too too me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'll be myself, but not too much. Yeah. Um, but now I'm just like, oh, you know what? I'm just emotional and I just have to accept that. And the more I try and push against it, the worse it gets. So, okay, okay fine. Like, just accept the fact that I cry all the time. It's not because I'm angry. It's because like, I'm frustrated with myself, but mm. I will carry on. I'm not going to stop training. I'm just going to 
cry while I'm doing it. Mm. And sometimes you just have to kind of roll with it, I guess. I mean, they display their emotion in different ways, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think when I first started doing sort of therapy and coaching with people, Mm. you know, 12 years ago, whatever it was, you know, uh, and you're working with somebody and, you know, you've got this issue. And at first it's like, you know, it's a big deal. Um, and, you know, if they cry, it's like, oh my God, like it's a, it's a, it's a real cataclysmic moment, you know, it's awful and stuff like that. But um, quite often it's just part of the process. It's part of their personal process and it's nothing to do with you unless you said that, you know, you suck or you smell or something like that. Um, but so it's, yeah. So yeah, I, I guess, I agree with what you're saying that it's just part of that person's process. So it's just like, well, okay, give them a bit of space so they can do their thing. And then you continue like, like I'm sure in training, like you'll, you know, if you cry in training, you'll have a quiet and then you'll crack on, you know, it's not like, oh, I literally don't even stop half most of the time. I'll start crying and then I'm just like, right, this is happening. Just carry on. That, 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 that gives you such a massive, if you were rolling with a guy, um, I think that'd give you such a massive advantage. If you could kind of like turn on the tears to be crying while you're running with a guy, no, they'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. Because the thing is, is that like, I don't like, okay, I do cry all the time, but I equally don't like it when people like feel sorry for me. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. If somebody was to go lighter on me because I was crying, I would also not like that. And you, like, the rage would I need of, to learn. Yeah. I need to learn, but I need to get through this frustration. I just need to push through it, mm-hmm. but push against it. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of a weird way to look at it, but it's like, mm-hmm. okay, just push through it. Don't push against it. If you push against it, it gets worse. If you push through it, you come out the other side, mm-hmm. you're going to be stronger. And like, I know I get stronger when I do that. When I push through it, I know I can feel it. Like I, I'm, I'm getting mentally stronger here, but I have to go through it. I can't just push against it and go, no, don't cry. Because then it's just like, then you, it's like, it's like getting to, you know, like a speed bump, you know, those really rough speed bumps that are like really up and over. It's yeah. like getting up to the speed bump, getting halfway up it and then just stopping. Yeah. It's like, you don't get anywhere. You just, yeah. end up just kind of sing at the bottom of the speed bump, just like, okay, what do I do now? And it's yeah. like, if you go at it with like full momentum, it's going to be hard when you land, but then you're going to have a nice soft onward journey and it's all going to be okay. So I guess like that's part of the all or nothing kind of mentality for me is like, I'm constantly pushing myself over speed bumps, but I have mm-hmm. to use that momentum to get myself over them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'll just stop. And that's when I end up crying in bed. But it also speaks of consistency, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, you know, um, that you've kind of recognised that you need to build up some momentum and then and you've acknowledged that that pain, like being in the crucible kind of thing, that's, that is absolutely, that's where the, almost like the good work is done when, you, you know, so in so many arenas of life, you know, when you're, when you're absolutely suffering, you know, that's, you know, maybe not in every single, uh, you know, possible category and arena of life, but in so many, you know, when you're actually like, this is excruciating and, you know, it's the, you know, it's the sort of like, you know, the typical kind of like self-help when you're outside your comfort zone, you know, and there's outside your comfort zone and there's like ridiculously outside your comfort zone, but, but quite often being outside your comfort zone is, is depressingly 
where where growth seems to be for for a lot of um for a lot of things well definitely and and i think as well there's something to be said about where you're going outside of your comfort zone as in which direction you're going Mm -hmm. your if your comfort zone's here this is Mm -hmm. precaution this Mm. is precaution Mm. um i'm by the way using hand gestures that people listening to audio only are not going to understand that's Um, all right (laughs) just realized that (laughs) they'll have to to catch it on youtube won't they it's all right it's on youtube guys but yeah so you you've got to go so you know here's your comfort zone yeah you've got to go forward if you go backwards you're also out of your comfort zone but in the wrong way in yeah. the wrong direction yeah so you have to push yourself forward and sometimes that's harder but it's always worth it mm. and as long as you're going in the right direction you've got the right support around you you know you have to be doing it for the right reasons otherwise you know it's generally a mistake i think or or not a mistake maybe a lesson yeah well i think i think you know that's a really pertinent uh comment you know the whole idea of reason you know that mm. sort of that smells like purpose you know it's like you've got to i remember i think there was a i think it was uh i think it was uh spencer hewitt's uh when he was running terror squad the mma terror squad out in uh, Romford. Uh, yeah i think he remember me having a t-shirt and i really liked it and it was like uh i think it was like I know why I'm here. Know your why, or something like that. I, I, I know it's a bit cheesy, but I, I thought I, I thought that's really good. You know, it's I really true, like the though. idea of that. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. If you've got reasoning behind doing something, mm. and even in the wor- at the worst point, mm. you can mm. still be like, you know what, mm. this is shit, but mm. I'm actually glad that it's shit, so I can come out the other side. And yeah know if it's really something you want to do that badly then the worse it gets the better it will feel yeah yeah absolutely yeah Definitely. and so so um so you were saying about the um self-defense and you're like right i'm gonna take it to corporate and do this and 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 then you said this really interesting thing was like people don't want to be helped unless they want help and i kind of and that sounds like it doesn't make sense but actually when you pass it through your brain a couple of times it's like yeah yeah it's like here i've got this great thing that's going to help you but it's that kind of thing that they have to like i've realized that i need this thing there has to be that sort of i think it's one of those things that you know for a lot of people for a lot of what i'd call regular people um you know people that are interested in fighting and interesting in martial arts and stuff like that i think you know we're a sort of a bit of a different tribe whereas most people the idea of like you know, rolling around with uh, sweaty men and women uh, that, are, that are trying to hurt you, you know, um, is, is a weird thing. You know, it's a weird thing, you know, or to be get punched in the face and, um, you know, and, and, and kicked and all the rest of it. it. It seems like a weird thing. Whereas, you know, I don't know about you, but I sort of, I look at golf and I'm like, yeah, why would you do that? Why would you why do would you, why would you, Like, yeah, just why would you waste your time when you could be rolling? Yeah. Yeah, well, you could be running or walking or anything, but yeah, yeah anyway, so that's just me. That's just my bias. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So, 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 tell us about how how you kind of dealt with that kind of like situation of like where you're going. I've got this great thing, and and obviously you're massively experienced in martial arts, you know, fighting and stuff. You really know your onions clearly. But if people don't think that they want it, like, how did you deal with that, and how did you allow your your business to kind of develop and sort of uh, and and shape itself to meet 
the needs of of the people kind of thing so i can't so after i went down that the corporate road i i kind of had a like a bit of a word with myself because the reason i wanted to go down the corporate road i was like oh i could you know teach people in london because they pay loads and then i thought well i don't really care about that mm. as long as i've got a roof over my head and i put food on the table i'm not like really bothered about being a millionaire or you know like i'm not like chasing money all the time i'm like i'd rather people just know stuff to be able to look after themselves like that's more important to me it's more important obviously i need to have a roof over my head and have food on table because food's amazing we'll talk about that later but um it's not it to me that's not my main priority that's not my why yeah i'm not like it just doesn't excite me like it like someone having a breakthrough someone learning something that excites me and i was like right i can't go down this road because it doesn't excite me it just doesn't like i just i'm not getting a a buzz from it so at first did you like um it sounds like you sort of like drunk the kool-aid you know studied like you know the the sort of marketing stuff that's out there and like okay got to chase that dollar you know got to get that money kind of thing and then then had this realization that's not you know like how you were saying when your coaches said stop being emotional and you're like no that's being emotional is my authentic yeah. self and and it sounds like you had a similar kind of like realization where you're like actually as long as i can get paid and get money and live and stuff you know i'm you're in it for the love of it as opposed to you know the you know just chasing yeah. like, you know like a like a mcdojo type thing and it's kind of weird also just talking about the money side because a people don't talk about money unless they're boasting i find um mm. you know oh i i earn 10 10 pounds in one month and oh okay shut up mm. um you know like i i'm like okay well that's great for you but to me i'd rather like be able to help more people yeah and those people can't afford that like the average person cannot afford that, mm-hmm. that sort of money you know so I'm like, okay, but at the same time, I don't want to be underpaying, undercharging, because I don't, I want people to respect me because I'm not. Value what you're doing and stuff. Yeah, because I, I charged too little at one point. Sure. Uh, and so, because I went the other way, I charged too little and people were not showing up to the sessions. They were like, yeah, whatever, you know, really enthusiastic when they start for a, a week and then going, oh, whatever. And it's like, because they're paying too little. There's no investment, is there? There's no uh, psychological investment. Yeah. I mean, whenever I've, uh, I mean, I do pro bono work for certain, you know, for certain uh, people, and and it's the it's the free sessions. They're just the, you know, they're either no shows or they're, mm. you know, like that. It'll just be a bad time. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you're right. You have to be, you have to learn to, and I think part of that is kind of like learning to value yourself. Yeah. Um, but. Um, and going, do you know what? I've been doing this a long time. I have skills and, yeah. you know, um, you sort of have a conversation or at least I remember I had a conversation like, look, I might not be the best in the world, but I'm, you know, I'm doing the best that I can kind of thing. And I've, you know, I, you know, I'm fairly good at this or that and the other and stuff. And I think that that, you know, you reach a point where you're like, okay, well, this isn't going to ask. And if you don't, and, and I think that's, it's like a, it's a real milestone because once you realize that, then you sort of relax about it, don't you? Yeah. Um, and when yeah. you when you did ha- have that point where you sort of relaxed about it, did you? 
What did you notice about the the you know the, the the amount of people that you were working with? Did it stay the same? Did it increase? Like what the hell? What did what happened? I think I mean I've definitely had since so okay so the, another thing is uh, since lockdown I had to kind of reposition myself as well. So mm. this initial work was um, I guess a year plus a year a year a year and a half before lockdown started. Mm-hmm. Um, where I was going all corporate and obviously now that would be a terrible mistake you know like that wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the way to go at all like you know if sure. someone said oh I'm aiming for corporate you'd be like what why are you doing that mm. um, because the whole world's changed but um, but before uh, it was I was sort of like okay I'm just going to take whatever is offered to me because what is offered to me is what people want so I'm just yeah. going to see what people want and just talk to people ask them do you want to learn this do you want to learn this like how does this sound I did like a shit ton of surveys um got people's feedback like oh does this sound good does this sound good like what sounds and knowing that I know what I teach is pretty much going to be the same self-defense wise because there are good ways to defend yourself and there are shit ways to defend yourself. And I'm obviously not going to be teaching them, mm. but it's not about what you're teaching. It's about how you um, dress it up for people. Sure. So, For example, um, okay. Do you want to learn how to not get strangled or do you, or do you want to learn how to um, defend someone that, that attacks you from the back when you're out running? Mm. So, one of those is more likely it's the same thing mm-hmm. yeah for sure you're more likely to want to to take the opportunity for like oh i'm about running okay i want to learn how if someone grabs me from behind when i'm running i want to know how to defend them mm. but they're not thinking about being strangled they're thinking about someone grabbing them when they go out running or whatever you know yeah, so yeah like how i'm i'm going to be teaching you the exact same thing it's a renegade choke defense that's it mm. that's all i'm teaching you. Mm. i know that you know that Mm-hmm. people know that mm. but to a non-jiu-jitsu person to a you know non-martial arts person that's a different thing and yeah. that's the that's the problem that I had and that's the kind of what what I had the route I had to go down was how to, to kind of put it out there to, mm. how to talk to people how to talk to non-fighters I had to relearn how to talk to non-fighters yeah um, which was a challenge, I can tell you. It, it's so funny because um, you started the conversation talking about, um, well, we you know, near the com- and, uh, beginning of the conversation talking about horses and and whether you realised it or not, you were using loads of jargon. I was like, you're saying it with such familiarity. You've clearly been around horses, and it's like almost like that expectation that it's going to run out. Like what? You know, but you, you went on to explain what it was, but you know, so you can kind of figure out what it is. But there's there's this jargon that is, you know, that you kind of like that is you pick up via osmosis. There's certain terms that are used in different sports and and pastimes and and, and stuff like that. And I think um, in in the fight fight game, and I know that you've got a quite a big following on, on Instagram and stuff like that. And it's like it must. I can imagine it must have been quite hard to because they're already doing fighting anyway. So they're not your audience. So it's like, you have to kind of like, I have to step away from that and kind of like cleanse my brain from, you know, like doing that and and all the rest of it. And, and, you know, create not a different persona, but, you know, like a side of yourself, like, you know, uh, like a 
a presentation for yourself that other people could relate to that is like that you know like you're running in the the woods and stuff was that hard like how did you do that well so this is part of the reason that I set up a business account on Instagram um because so there's if you ask like marketing people some people say you are your business so Mm. you your personal account and your business account should be the same thing like you Mm. should you should be doing the same and I'm like I get that thought I get the thought process Mm. but for me it's two different heads yeah and I on my business account I am coaching people I'm very patient I'm much less sarcastic than I am in real life um at least I try to be I'm still a little bit sarcastic but you know you can't hide it all um and I'm very positive I'm very um structured with everything I'm trying to talk about things that matter um so it's very kind of focused whereas with my personal uh page which is obviously the page I've had since I pretty much started fighting Mm. Um, it's very fighty, it's very jujitsu it's very, mm. you know, um, okay, lately it's just been about dogs, but that's because of lockdown. That's, you know, <laughs> that, that is what it is. Um, I'm not training, so I can't post training photos. There aren't any. Um, I mean, I'm cycling, but it's, it's not quite the same, is it? Oh, hell no. Uh, <laughs> mm. um, but, you know, uh, it's two different sides of me, I think. And mm. I always kind of struggled with having the two people at the same time. So to me, Hellraiser has always been my alter ego. And when I get in the ring, I turn into Hellraiser or sometimes I don't and that's when I lose. But if I win, it's because I've turned into Hellraiser. Um, And that's when I'm like, I'm not taking any shit. I'm just getting on with the job in hand and that's it. And I'm really driven. I'm really like, this is what's happening. When I'm teaching, when I'm coaching, I'm Helen. And even though I have the name HHH, it's mm. just that's just a nod to my fighting career, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's I'm not the same person, so I don't want to have the same. Uh, same sort of connotations and stuff. Yeah. Mm. So that and that's the reason I had the two, and so that's why when I'm in business mode or when I'm in Helen mode, mm. I can break everything down really nice and easy for people. Um, you know. Uh, I would not call it guard. I would call it um, rape defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like uh, armbar from close guard, triangle from close guard. That's not. That's not. Uh, arm- again, isn't it? That's rape defense now. Mm. You know, um, uh, things like that. So it's like, but that's how people that don't train will understand it because they're mm. not they're like. Well, I don't need to know why to wrap my legs around someone's head. Like I'm never going to need to know that in my life. You mm. know oh, what happens when someone's putting their uh, pressure down on you and trying to choke you out? Mm. Look, their arm is straight there. What can you do with a straight arm? Well, anytime the arm is straight, you can armbar it, you mm. know? And they understand the fact that an armbar is a hyperextension of the elbow and that makes sense to them. So it's like more about the physics. It's more about the, uh, the opportunity of if an arm is straight, you can break it. Mm. Whereas where you know and if you're in danger obviously i'm not sending people out onto the streets to armbar them mm. um but uh if, to a fighting person you just be like oh you know like whatever like armbar triangle oh, kimura, whatever you know 
but non-fighting people aren't going to know what the hell you're talking about. They're sure. just going to uh, hyperextension. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what hyperextensions are because of like physio and that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess it's just terminology more than anything. Okay. Uh, so, um, did you say rape defense? Did I hear you right? Yeah. Jesus. Like, how, well, d- does that help people remember? Yeah, because it's like, geez, I need to get this right. So, yeah. well, the thing is, is that that is why I started martial arts in the first place. Okay. Um, because not because I knew the defense, because I didn't know the defense. Okay. Um, so when you're working off your back, you're in, and you're not trying to score points or trying to get a submission in a competition. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? What's the average person doing on their back trying to defend themselves? That's, you know, you're not, you don't just like, or, or like you've been pushed over by some thief robber guy, you know, you've been pushed over. How do you get up? Yeah. Get up. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, people yeah. don't know that they get up, they come onto their knees, they, you know, hold on to something. They get, you know, people don't even, um, so lately I've been doing some uh, dog walking uh, safety seminars so okay. for dog walkers and I got in the last one I got everyone to lie on the ground on their back and then get up and it took them ages and then I taught them how to do a technical get up. Stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and they were like oh I can get up and actually move and, and be safe and be and, and be I've, safe I'm, yeah I'm and safe be facing the person that's trying to attack me and yeah. dog you know yeah things like that but it's like that sort of thing I think technical get up is the most important thing because you're getting up with balance yeah i mean i I, I, yeah you know yeah yeah. it's just crazy yeah it's such a it's it's an if you look at the like the whole structure of the the technical stand-up it is it is a it's fantastic and it's like it's the only once you learn it you know it's nearly the only ever way you'll ever stand up again because like you realize it it's such a you know you're creating like a real nice tripod so you feel yeah. secure and you could possibly take some pushing and shoving as well as a little bit it's it's amazing so if anyone, i remember uh, so i used to train with andy roberts i don't know if you know okay. him. yeah yeah i've heard the name yeah shout out to andy yeah. um i'm just like name dropping all my coaches at this point um yeah. <laughs> like hey everyone um so yeah, so remember at Andy's uh, back in the day. This is this is a good few years ago. His old academy. He's got an academy now, which I haven't even seen yet. Um, but he had a rule at one point where you could only get up with a technical get up, and if you got up without a technical get up, you had to do burpees. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never since then. I mean, this is like seven years ago ish. Yeah, I've never got up without a technical get up because i always think i have to do burpees yeah like yeah. oh no, i have to do burpees and i'm like that was seven years ago why am i still thinking this but it's so ingrained in my head that i'm like oh i must get up mm. Mm. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's crazy it's, well yeah but if if, if it sticks you know it, it's, yeah. it's worth doing um so uh so if people so so obviously i guess you're you're doing stuff which is more online now so you're what are you doing like zoom classes or something like that like how does that what does that look like uh yeah so i do zoom uh workshops mostly Mm. uh this is a bigger groups um so that's more or less just to introduce myself to people or one-off workshops so like the dog uh self-defense workshops i'm doing Mm. one free but um uh so just like i'll let maybe a little mini series or something like that but generally speaking what i say to people is 
going to one self-defense class or one self-defense workshop is not going to help you but practicing it and learning why you're doing what you're doing and reacting is going to help you and if you know the basics Mm. just reacting in the right way will help you a lot Mm. um but do you think that there's a danger of people going to one workshop and i say this in every single workshop i do there's a danger of people going to one workshop and thinking they know it all and feeling a bit too safe and something happening to them and then it all turning to shit because they haven't practiced anything they've just gone to a workshop and gone yeah i pretty much know what's what's up now so good Mm. pretty much a pro now so good yeah and then you're like well no after like well a thousand hours of practicing it i'll consider it but not Mm. until then you know um so workshops for me is more about introducing myself to the so to speak community so whichever community it is dog walking Mm. community or you know um whatever it whatever it is at at that point Mm. um and then i do uh bubbles at the moment so i'm coaching bubbles okay Uh, so whoever is in your bubble you can obviously have physical contact with and whoever's in your bubble you can train with um and be on zoom with so um i just coach people like uh on zoom but so like as i would in a class but i'm Mm. on zoom Mm. you know try putting your left hand there put your right hand there Mm. why do you you would do that it's the same questions it's the Mm. same and i'm coaching people the same just from a distance um have you have you um does you has your teaching style kind of changed evolved adapted because of the technology Mm -hmm. yeah very much um so i'm very hands-on um so for example if someone's um you know oh a a great example is someone has their guard up and they put their guard up with their elbow out Hmm. and you you kind of you say oh elbows in and they go yep it comes right back up Mm. yep comes right back up right Mm. so that's that's a really common mistake and i think pretty much everyone that begins everyone that starts training at some point has a problem with their elbows Mm. sticking out like chicken wings yeah yeah yeah. all right so that's that's super common so Mm. i would do um in real real time would be to move their elbow so that they can feel where it's in the right place so okay this is how it feels Mm. okay i'll put it in exactly the right place right this is how it feels Mm. okay remember that feeling Mm. and if it doesn't feel like that it's not right yeah you know it's wrong yeah that's okay good. so yeah. i can i can literally manipulate their arm and go right this is where it should be mm. okay whereas now i can't do that mm. so i have to uh use well in some ways it's nice because people can always see themselves because they have a camera on all the time mm-hmm. so that's good when you don't have mirrors it's nice to have a camera in front of you because you can actually see what the hell you're doing um so that's really helpful but i guess i'm just talking more which is for most people not a good thing um but they just have to roll with it um yeah I mean I've been to some coaching workshops in the last year or so and one of them in particular I really liked when you took a sense away so you had to teach blindfolded or you had to teach without speaking or you had to teach without like uh touching without you know without without uh um, manipulating them at, at all um mm. once you take a sense away you find out how much you use it mm. and for me making a transition of not being able to touch someone not being mm. able to move them around it was really difficult but i mean mm. it's 
it's possible, but it's difficult. Yeah, it, it probably it probably expands your your, your mm. coaching, your teaching repertoire, being able to, you know, to to go through that and then come out the other side and go, okay, right. So now you've got, you know, you've you've richened, you know, your other kind of uh, the the other modality kind of thing, haven't you? For sure, for sure, definitely. Yeah. So um, so what are they like uh, programs or is it like uh, you know, is it like ongoing relationships that you have with people? you know, to, uh, for coaching them on and stuff or. So I work five days a week. Um, <laughs> all of my, it's a Monday to Friday, all of my students have one session, uh, on zoom. And then the other four sessions of the week, I send them a workout. So it basically like backs up what I've taught them. Mm. Uh, so for example, if, uh, they had the zoom on Monday, mm. uh, then Monday, there's the zoom they learn what they're going to basically do for the rest of the practice for the rest of the week. Mm. And then that's an hour. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they have about 15 minutes a day where they just practice one thing a day. Mm. So it's the little and often consistency. It's so good. Yeah. Oh my God. It's incredible. Like mm. I've got some, my shoot. Okay. I'm going to brag a little bit here because my students are like, they're so incredible they work so hard and they are so dedicated and it's like just having them is pretty much getting me through lockdown just my okay. like so, they're just oh incredible so so um what's lockdown been like for you because i mean it's been different for other people and oh you know i mean i think i largely i, I i've loved loads of it um but i think what was it today i was just like oh god there's so much crap i want to get out of my house you know and just like we're having like a, a shed you know like getting shedding stuff and getting rid of it and i was just like slammed the door i was just like oh i'm so tired of this shit kind of thing um but how has it affected you have you kind of grown in some ways have you struggled in other like what's been your experience both grown right. and struggled um <laughs> So I, at the beginning of lockdown one, which seems like a lifetime ago. It's a year ago. It's not quite even a year ago, you know. Yeah, I think it's, was it the end of March or something like that, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So we're not quite there, but yeah. I, uh, so at the beginning of the first lockdown, mm -hmm. my landlord went on a drunken rampage and decided to kick me out. So, which was delightful of him. It was about three weeks in, two weeks into lockdown. Two weeks into lockdown. Yeah, it was like he'd been on a basically a drunken rampage for like two weeks. And okay. I was getting really just like, this is not working for me. I'm yeah. trying to work. Like, this is not good. And he was, you know, playing music till five in the morning and had the police round because the neighbors complained and all this stuff. Oh, fun times. Anyway, so he kicked me out. So I moved back to my mum's and I was like, I'll just live here until lockdown's over. Mm -hmm. Thinking that would be a few months. And I'm still here. So I uh, spent more time with my mum in the last year than I have done for my rest of my adult life. Right. So that's nice. um, I'm in beautiful, beautiful part of the world, um, Hampshire, um, in the middle of oh, nowhere, wow. in a forest. It's gorgeous. The chickens are here. They're amazing. They're very entertaining. we got to talk about them. Yeah, we can talk about them. Yeah. Um, they are just amazing. I love them. Um, in lockdown three, I've got really, really into cycling. Um, mm. 
ironically, it's the wettest and coldest lockdown that we've had, but mm. apparently that's the time I decide to go outside. Mm. Work mm. that one out. Mm. Um, so I broke my ankle last year um, when we were vaguely allowed out and I fell off a cliff. So I thought that would be a great way to start the summer. How did um, that happen? Oh, I fell, fell off, off a cliff. cliff. Like, what were you climbing? Because I know that you're a climber. I want to talk to you yeah. about that as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So I'm a climber as well, but I'm not, I would say I'm not particularly that great. Um, I try very hard, but not very good. Uh, so anyway, I was doing a, a route um, down in Portland. So we, we were in, a couple of my friends were in Portland for a weekend and I just mm. went down for one day. Um, and I was on my last route of the day and a friend of mine was feeling me and I got to the last hold. I thought, fuck it. I'll just die now. It'll be all right. And, um, apparently wasn't the best idea I'd ever had. So, so run that by me again. So, so you, you were kind of working your way down, right? No, no, no. I was going up still. Okay. Yeah. Going way up. So it's about... I think the cliffs are about most of them about 25-ish meters okay so it's not the biggest but it's not the smallest yeah, that, that's enough to die from if you fall off well no i was on a rope but the, so when you're leading you you basically you you climb up a bit and then you clip in and then you yeah. climb up a bit more and you clip in you climb up a bit more clip hmm. so when you get to the top you you clip into like a double um a double carabiner thing okay and then you go down, all right? Right, right? So when you you climb up, you clip in. Hmm. When you climb up again, you're only attached to the last clip. Right. Okay. okay. You yeah. go up about maybe three meet three four meters. Hmm. So give or take, hmm. a three meters probably, from that clip, and then you get to the next one. But in that tie, three four meters, whatever it is, you're not you're only attached to the last one. So you're only going to fall, if you fall, you're only going to fall down a certain amount, but you're still going to fall. That's right. not good. It's fine, usually. My leading's actually pretty good compared to the rest of my climbing, I would say. It's probably my strongest. Um, strongest. Well, not now, because I haven't done it for since last year. Hmm. But it was my strongest. Um and I was feeling really good. I was feeling really strong. I was feeling really confident. I felt great, actually. It was probably the best day climbing I did last year. It was amazing. Um, and yeah, I just pure stunned it. I just I just got really angry with myself. And I was like, come on, you can't you can't just give up on this. You've just got to do it. Come on. Had a word with myself and thought, right, I'm not going to reach. I tried to reach it statically. I just could not reach it. It was just, it was just out of my reach. Um, but my two friends had already done it. And they're a little bit taller than me. In fact, a lot taller than me. One of them is about six foot. And I am 100% not six foot. Um, and I just thought, you know what? If I don't jump for this, I'm going to regret it. And I did. And then I broke my ankle. And so you did regret it. I didn't regret it, though. Not know? really? No, not really. Okay. I thought I would regret it more if I hadn't taken the chance. Oh, really? Okay. It's another one of those where if it, it's the same as like moving country when mm. I was 18, it's like, once I've made the decision, if it fucks up or if it goes well, I've made that decision, that's mm. it. Like you're owning it. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. Mm. I'm not like, I don't regret it at all. Mm. I mean, it was annoying and it sucked having the broken ankle mm. when the weather was so nice and, you know, my friends were going climbing and I was sat at home like a loner. 
and it sucked you know big time but actually would I have done it any different yeah well I would have not fallen off yeah but apart mm. from that, I would have still gone for it right you so you would have like like used the same technique or no I would have just been a better climber right okay could have been a bit taller maybe been a bit stronger you're willing yourself to be taller yeah that's something keep, keep um, trying might work you never know so, so talk to me about the chickens then because i love looking at the pictures of the chickens my chickens they're the best aren't they they're my chickens when they're being naughty and they're my mum's chickens when they're being good power sharing right uh yeah so um yeah so my favorite i know you're not supposed to have favorites but she's like my little baby rosie i love her so much okay um and then the other two daisy she's like she's an old lady now amazing um so daisy's the oldest she's the oldest by about a year yeah. and a so she's, yeah. she's getting on a bit bless her but uh, how long do chickens live well daisy's the oldest chicken we've ever had and she's coming up to five okay so that's quite old for a chicken is it right yeah um so we usually get so we rescue them from mm. um like battery farms Amazing, amazing. So there's a couple of um, couple of places that do, they basically pick them up from, so after the chickens have been taken to battery, or mm. they're at a battery farm, mm. eggs, 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 eggs. And then they'll kill some of them, but some of them, they'll, they'll, they, they're like, they're just given to the charities and charities right. will rehome them pretty right. much. So instead wow. of them, basically. Um, so yeah, so we always get them from, there from the from this one charity hmm. um, and they do like rehoming days obviously they're not doing them at the moment because of covid but sure. uh, they have been we've i mean we've had chickens for i think i got my mum chickens for her birthday about must be about eight years ago now yeah um yeah so that was the first lot and then yeah she's pretty much had them ever since and yeah um they're pretty cool though they're like really low maintenance and they're just so happy just to be they're are, they, are they affectionate do they do they give you affection um depends what mood they're in oh, right. rosie's like if you rosie you can pick her up but mm. she like it's on her terms so like if you pick her up and she's in a nice mood she'll like rest her um her chin on you like here oh, sweet yeah like she just sit there and then mm. she's had enough she's like right okay i'm getting down now and you're like oh okay yeah um and so but uh daisy's a bit like because she's an old lady so she's a bit slow you can pick her up quite easy but she doesn't she's always a bit i think she might have like dementia or something oh. like she's not really in this world she's just yeah. sort of like you know just in in her own little bubble Daisy yeah. um, is very difficult to pick up she's not she's all right when she's up but she, she's not like being picked up all well. oh, right okay that's really cool that they've got their own little personalities oh yeah they're they're, they're very they've got big personalities yeah, yeah. very cheeky very naughty so hungry she just jumps up onto the windowsill and just stares at you until you feed her are they expensive to feed not really no they just eat like i mean I like what is it just bird seed or is it just... um no so we have um like pellets so it's okay. like chicken, chicken pellets um and then uh which is i mean it's like you get a bag and it lasts for like two months so okay that's cool so yeah mm. they, they last quite a long time they don't mm. eat like a massive amount to be honest and then we have corn as well for them especially in the winter um to be honest ours are so spoiled in the winter they get either couscous or porridge wow and we want them to be warm yeah so spoiled seriously and that's, then that's cool 
uh, they they have like any so like um, like bits of tomato. If you know you chop the end off the tomato, they'll eat all that. Um, what the green stalk kind of thing? No, they're like so you know there's like in the middle of the tomato there's the like, nubbin. Yeah, like you don't really want to eat that bit. But I just mm. Um, but I always make it bigger for them because then they love it. And they love grapes. Um, they love basically anything kind of sweet. So like carrots. Really? Yeah, grapes, tomatoes. Um, they sometimes like peppers, but yeah. like the stalk bit, the bit around the stalk, but not the rest of it. They're really fussy. They love so They really like courgette. They attack courgette. They like lettuce. It's not their favourite. Yeah. But yeah. Well, um, they're just killing it on the diet then aren't into they into the life of my chicken yeah no I love it um, right so um, so when you were growing up uh, mm-hmm. like what was what did life look like was it good did you enjoy it was it troublesome like you know what was, um, what was going on for you fairly fucking atrocious I think um, okay started drinking quite heavily when I was okay. quite young um, what were you, were, like I mean what age Okay. Wow. That's really young. Not ideal. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I probably didn't start drinking heavy till like 13, 14, but I was still drinking when I was 11. Um, quite troubled. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, like just like nicking, nicking booze out of like, you know, from the house or something like that or. Oh no, my dad used to buy it for us. Oh, right. Um, Okay. Wow. Yeah. He was like, He's an alcoholic. Well, he was an alcoholic. Okay, um, right. So he's just biased, whatever. Like, oh, yeah, here you go. Right. Okay. So it kind of normalised it, I guess. Yeah, completely normal. Mm. Like, didn't, yeah. didn't even really, like, bat an eyelid. Wow. Yeah, just used to bias, whatever, like, alcohol. Here you go. What's, what's, your, um, what's your, like, uh, attitude and relationship with alcohol now? I don't drink. Oh, really? For almost four years. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, May it'll be four years. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. So what so, what what made you what made you make that decision? I'm a fucking liability. Um, to be honest, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm a nightmare. I make very questionable decisions, and oh, and really? as I said, when I make a decision, I do tend to follow through with it. Right. But when I'm drunk, I make decisions that I really shouldn't. Yeah. Do still. And you'll and, still follow through with them. Yeah, always. Okay. So I think it's better for everyone around me that I don't drink. Mm, 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 mm. So yeah, that's basically why I don't just to save everyone else and myself, but more to save other people. Yeah, that's I'm not that's... a very nice person when I drink. I'm a bit of a dick. Oh really? Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? Like, uh, well, some... I say I'm a bit of a dick. I just I think I think what it is is that I'm a dick, but it's because I make stupid decisions. Right. So I think that things are a great idea and then it's like, and then I get everyone else to do it. And then it's like, if I'd just done that on my own, no one have batted an eyelid, but because yeah. I made everyone else do it, now I look like a right dick because I've just got everyone else in trouble. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, all right, just, just stop drinking, Helen. So you're into the, so you got into the horses um, yeah. uh, and then, so what, so you're over in Ireland at 17, like, Mm-hmm. How how long did you stay in horses before you kind of transitioned into into martial arts and stuff? So I moved to Ireland when I was seventeen. Um, mm. Then I moved back, worked on some yards in England, mm-hmm. passed the force for a bit, um, year and a half as a van driver. I still had horses at that point. I just didn't work with them. Um, then 
what did I do? Ran a cleaning company. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I've done some quite random stuff. Um, what else have I done? I can't think. Um, and then when I was 20, oh no, then I then I was working in loads of pubs. So like a couple of different pubs. Right. Um, then when I was 23, I was in this bad relationship and yeah. I was, I'd done my personal training qualification, but I, I like maybe a couple of clients, but not like a massive amount, you know? Okay. So I started going to this gym, which was like literally up the road from me. It's now really like, it's not in the same place now, but like it's, it is really close to where I am now. Um, and, uh, the guy that, who I'm still friends with, which is awesome, Chris, he was, I guess, I don't know, even know like what the situation was, but he kind of, I guess, took me under his wing, like kind of like his little sister. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's like, oh, you know, you should, you, you're here all the time. You're in the gym all the time. I was really overweight as well, by the way, because I've been drinking like loads and eating like shit. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. I was just like really unhealthy. Um, so I was like trying to lose weight and like, whatever. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was like, you know, blagging it. Pretty yeah. much. You were doing something, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so then he was like, oh, you should um, become personal trainer because you're here all the time. You might as well get paid for it. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. And I didn't really have mm. any direction. I was just kind of like bumbling along just, Hmm. you know whatever and uh so then I did my personal training qualification which back then was not a six-week course it was a year and a half that's good yeah proper um exams and weekends and studying and all sorts and you actually have to learn stuff properly Hmm. um you say that like um people don't anymore is do do you think that's true is that that yeah 100 oh wow yeah like personal truck right let me get it off your chest i'm I'm, I'm gonna run okay do it do it you must do it okay excellent so okay here's the thing personal trainers these days they okay new personal trainers and i'm not saying this is everyone i'm just saying this is a majority and people that have a problem with me saying this are probably the people i'm talking about i love the way you said it isn't i'm not saying everyone it's just the majority that's amazing I'm stealing. No, it is though. I'm stealing. It's 100% true. It's okay. not everyone, not every single person, but a significant majority of, okay. of newer personal trainers see personal trainers and go, I want to do that. Mm. Look, they've got loads of Instagram followers. Oh, look, they've got loads of women after them or men after them or whatever they want. Mm. Or, you know, oh, look, they're so, their body's so good. Or, oh, look, they do this. Oh, look, they've got sponsored by a protein company. Oh, yeah, they probably get a packet of protein months that's it anyway um i digress so they see that life and they go oh being a personal trainer is easy you just have to basically show people how to do a, a workout and then count to 10 while they do it all right which in theory is true if you are a shit personal trainer but i personally like to think that i'm better than that and i actually put effort and time into my clients so i do have still have personal training clients by the way I still have quite a few. Okay. I actually, it's not my main business. It's not my main focus, but I do really enjoy the clients I have. Mm-hmm. And they're really like good people, you know, and they mm-hmm. actually want to train, which is always nice. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that most or a, a majority of personal trainers, and actually I think you said that when we, you were on my live, um, they think that they do everything. Drives me insane. It lit, you know. And it's like, no, you're not qualified to do that. Or you're mm. not like, you don't have any experience in that. You're just making it up as you go along. Yeah. 
and you're now charging people for your time and you're mm-hmm. doing it's not something like, i've been a personal trainer for coming up to 12 it's almost well, it's, this year will be 12 years wow and you know oh, it just drives me insane did I'm, you hear about this guy called um v shred have you heard of this guy no he's like an internet guy and uh um I try and spend as least time on the uh, associated with these people as possible. Yeah, he, he's a YouTuber, and and apparently there's a bunch of marketing people, but sort of behind him, and and uh, you know, and he sort of like does the YouTube ads where he, there's the pizza and the lettuce, and it goes, and he's like, he the guy is, he's cut, he's super mm. cut and he's shredded, and he so he goes. I'm going to be eating one of these tonight. Which one do you think it is? And he like throws the lettuce away, sort of arrogantly, like, "Well, it's not going to be that rabbit food, that kind of thing." But um, he got, he got. I saw like it was like an expose, and it was like he's he, what he does. Like, uh, have you have you heard of Athlean X? Is is like a like a YouTuber? He's, he is no. like this guy must be at like two percent body fat. He's, he's 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 really good. You should check him out. He's he's really really. Clearly, highly trained on physiology, really knows his stuff. Okay, well, what that's the, what, fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, he's he's really good. Deal uh, with those ones. Yeah, and, and what what this guy did was he he basically ripped off all his videos and sort of like regurgitated them, but and he had like this marketing machine behind him, and it was just like, oh man, you know, it's just it, it's like I like yeah, I do really six like pack abs in, in in three sessions yeah. and all that kind of crap. You know? Yeah. I mean, okay, so here's the thing is that the guy, the, the second guy you mentioned, the the one that's like highly trained and, you know, he clearly knows his shit. Yeah. There are some of them around mm. and I have so much time for them because mm. the amount of things you need to know mm. and knowledge you need to retain mm. is like, that's not easy. Yeah. Okay, so, and I genuinely have time for people like that, but it's the easy ride easy money oh, I'll just show off my abs that I pretty much just have because I have good genetics and then uh I I pretty much just take a load of steroids and lift like once a week and then do a a video um put it out for my YouTube followers my Instagram followers and uh that's pretty much what I do with my life and it's like no I I have no time for you sorry mm-hmm. But no. Do you do you think um, that a lot of you know uh, I can't think of how I phrase that that group of people that you're trying to describe other than you know sort Recons? of like well there is that but you know like like the the Instagram sort of PT mob that yeah. kind of like and not not and again some broad Insta-PTs. sweeping yeah yeah Insta PTs you know um, do you think a lot of them are on the gear do you, do you think a lot yeah, of them yeah. are on on steroids yeah because yeah. a lot of them had like just five percent body you know just mad I mean, what i would i would propose to do would be if you want to be an insta pt mm. must take a steroid test every month to prove mm. that you're clean like athletes do so get usada involved fuck it i mean why not mm. get get all of that because okay so i have people coming to me that are like i want to look like this and they'll show me a PT on Instagram, an Insta PT usually. Mm, mm. I want to look like this. I'm like, right, can you, okay, okay, I appreciate that you want to look like this, but can you just take a second to look at the breakdown of their body mm. and look at how much of that is natural and how much of that is, well, how much of it's genetics, because some of it will be, 
and how much of that is steroid abuse? I don't think regular people probably can't tell. I think a lot, a lot that's of the thing. That's the that problem, is the isn't thing. it? Yeah. So, um, a really good example of this, um, and and where it, where my, it's not a theory. But where I say that, and it, and it kind of fall, doesn't fall apart, but it's like you have to make exceptions. So, you know the fighter Tisha Torres? Yeah. She is very genetically gifted. She doesn't, she's always, she's always been clean. Like, you yeah. started while, she's been always clean. Mm. Genetically, she is very gifted. Mm. She looks like she could be on the roids, but mm. I honestly, I don't know. I've met her once, like, years mm. ago, but... Mm. I don't think she is. I I, mm. I I would stand by myself. I'd put money on it that she's not. <laughs> um, she's always clean in USADA. She's, you know, she's fine. She is very genetically gifted. And that is, and and the sort of thing, like, yes, she works hard. Of course she works. I'm not at all taking away from that because she clearly works hard. But she's so genetically gifted that people want to look like her and they they don't realize that part of it, okay, yes, of course, hard work, but part of it is genetics as well. Mm. And I think that's a lot of the things is that there's three sides. So it's what you do as in training and nutrition, what your genetics are like, and then what supplements you're on. And I'm including steroids in that. Yeah. I remember so, um, uh, when I was, when I was sort of tie boxing, um, mm. I probably would have been early twenties, probably be, so that would have been what, 1991, there was a guy back in the day. Yeah, back in the day uh, at Minotaurs, and um, and uh, there, man, there was a guy there, and uh, I'm not going to give his name because if he if he does listen to this, he would definitely know that I'm talking about him. But right. But great fighter, amazing mm -hmm. fighter. You know, love love to smoke weed. Um, definitely not on the gear. The guy could probably bang out about twenty crunches. But he was shredded and sculpted mm. and carved, and and his genetics must have been amazing. Um, and uh, you know, it's just like I remember I definitely didn't have that, and so I was like, I could like do like you know hundreds of crunches, hundreds of this, that, that, and this, that, and the other, you know. And uh, and I was just like, I've got like mono ab, like what? what? <laughs> you know, it's but, just, but it's, also remember yeah. that the composition of your abs, for example, the composition. Mm core isn't just the um the outside yeah it's the wall isn't there that... the core is just one part yeah and yeah, uh, yeah. there's actually a conversation i've had with a couple of people especially recently oh, i want abs so much i want abs so much i'm like look abs don't make you don't give you a, a strong core mm. what's underneath gives you the strong core mm. Mm. i don't have i don't have visible abs 100 percent. i do not mm. have visible abs but i have a strong core because i train the inside not the outside mm, mm, mm. with most like you know youtube uh or instagram pts they're training the outside not the inside but it's another thing like training your brain and your body if you're training your brain and your body you're working from the inside out mm. if you're just training your body you're working on the outside but what about the inside you're still fucked up mm, mm -hmm. like for whatever reason like we're all slightly fucked up right like yeah for sure like i'd like to think everyone's a little bit fucked up oh it's how did hoping you, yeah how did you make it not fucked up tell me your secrets <laughs> yeah that's right yeah so that's your beef with the uh with the insta pts you know uh, i just honestly like if i if they could prove like if if an insta pt could prove their knowledge to me 
I would have respect for them, but unfortunately, I just mm. don't think that they can. Well, you know, there's there's no way they do that. You're not the client market, and you know, there's there's loads of people that they can, you know, yeah. wow with their with with their abs, I guess. You know, yeah, so, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And if that's what you're into, then yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, it's not my bag. You know, yeah. I, I'd rather I'd rather be strong and look like shit than look amazing and be weak as fuck. Yeah, that yeah, that's that wouldn't work out well, would it? Yeah, right. Um, no one could so, be weak. So, well, no, no one. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so you you kind of transitioned away from the the horses, and you kind of mm-hmm. got into the martial arts, like. Uh, so you, you, so your friends got you into the, being a PT. And yeah, then, and yeah, then... yeah, yeah. And then I had the bad relationship, and then I got into martial arts as a result of that. So okay. uh, when I was twenty-four, okay. I started everything at the same time. But I moved to Sheffield. So wow, man. Yeah, I know. I moved a lot. I moved to Sheffield, um, and my first day in Sheffield, I was like where's the gym I need to learn this shit because Mm. I don't want this again Mm. Mm. so I started on the 1st of June Mm. when I was 24 wow so yeah I guess that will be 10 years in June and so was that jiu-jitsu and striking or or yeah so they did like uh Sheffield Martial Arts Academy smack okay um uh, the guy's Mark, uh, I cannot for the life of me think of his surname. Mm. Mark, Mark, Mark. Uh, Hayes, Mark Hayes. Okay. Um, anyway, so he, it was a really small gym, really, really mm. small. Like, um, uh, I used to just go there after work. Um, I got, so I got a job as a receptionist. But for oh. me, working in an office, like my first time in an office. Yeah, it was a new experience. Yeah. So, here as a, as a receptionist and then I got poached to upstairs one of the companies upstairs which was cool um and but I used the the gym was like kind of down the road and across a bit from from the from work so I just used to look, look straight away after work just be there for the whole evening um yeah. it's kind of like one of those places where it's like okay you can pay per class or you can pay per month yeah but, well, what do I get per month? You get all the classes. Okay, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, and you want to uh, get your money's worth, right? Three hours a night, uh, wow. an hour of jiu-jitsu, an hour of striking, an hour of uh, stick work. Wow. Harley. Wow, really cool. Uh, yeah. So I just did that. So every night, Monday to Friday, crack yeah. on. Yeah. Started meeting people, you know, humans, fun times. Uh, yeah, so that was, that was pretty much where I started. Um, and then I also went to, after that, um, in also in Sheffield, it was more sort of just jiu-jitsu with, um, uh, it was EKBJJ. It's now, begins with an F, can't think of it. Mark Bottom anyway, monkey. Um, okay. I can't, fortitude, something like that. Right. Something, I can't, sorry, he's going to kill me for not remembering. But yeah, anyway, it was EKBJJ when I went there. And that's where mm-hmm. I got So, mm-hmm. uh, that was yeah in Sheffield. So, but those, I mean, with Mark and Mark, but yeah, they're really good guys anyway. So, mm-hmm. me off and um, yeah, then I moved to Thailand after that. All oh, right, and so you were were you doing striking out in Thailand or? 
uh, yeah, striking MMA. So I was at um, Tiger first. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, which was drama central. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, wasn't a fan. Um, Brian and Roger did not like me. Uh, so Brian, Ebersol, Roger Huerta. Um, mm. Yeah, they, they did not like me. Oh, right. I'm fairly sure they're not going to be listening to this podcast. So um, go for your life. Uh, but yeah, no, they, they, I mean, you know, it's just drama, isn't it? Like, they, well, so, yeah, so you, you clash with some people and, and some people you, well, I used, I did get on with them. I got on with Roger really well. Um, and like, it was really cool. And I think the dynamic changed a lot when Brian came along because I think they're both kind of top dogs. And so there can only be one a lot of the time, you know? Yeah. I don't know I don't know what happened behind the scenes but this is years ago anyway yeah anyway so Brian told me I'll never win a fight so if you want to fight you can't fight for Tiger so I was like all right because I I said I wanted to fight okay obviously it wasn't just a random didn't just randomly come out in conversation yeah to fight and he was like well look yeah here and I was like well that's shit so I went brutal isn't it on the same road um at the other end of the road uh, I went to top team and I was like and I spoke to Boyd who who runs top team and I said I want to fight and he's like oh we've been looking for a woman do you want to be sponsored and I was like uh yes <laughs> hell yes yeah, yeah uh and yeah they I was, so I was there so I had um obviously jiu-jitsu with Lavo who's um still there and at fucking legend i love that guy just so much just such a legend um so yeah and then i guess well back then anthony and andrew leone were there uh donny was there so these are all guys that now run bali mma um, okay. which is very like you know very very popular for mma tourists i would say um so they were there. I can't think who else was there now. And then obviously the Thai guys um, running the Muay Thai. So I kind of like, I would be in the MMA side. So there's two sides of the gym. So I'd be in the MMA side, Jiu-Jitsu, MMA uh, side all the time. And then if I couldn't get a fight, but I wanted to fight, I'd go skip over to Muay Thai. You have to fight. But at that top team, you had to train for two weeks if you wanted to fight in okay. Muay Thai. So I train for two weeks, fight, and then go back to MMA, got back to grappling. Mm. And I'm like, bored now, I need to fight, right? Go back over to Muay Thai, train for two weeks, fight, right? Back over to MMA. <laughs> and it just, I just used to flip. Like, That's amazing, though. MMA, two weeks of Muay Thai, a month of MMA, two weeks of Muay Thai. And that was because you couldn't do both because they're at the same time, they cross over. So that's brilliant. Like, there's only so many hours in the day. And also, I was a teacher as well. So I was working in school as well. So it's like, that was 8, uh, 8 a.m. till 4 p.m. Okay really only so much you can do outside of that time um, sure. plus some plans and all that stuff so you know it's just you, you, you know there's li- there really is only so much you can do um but yeah so did that um so that. what what point did uh tough uh happen then and um and just explain a little bit about what what that is for people that might not know because i mean everyone's heard of ufc um mm-hmm. but maybe some people haven't maybe some people you know, aren't, aren't really sure about how did how did that occur, and like, so, well, what is it, and how did it occur? What it is is, or I like, I really like my mum's explanation of it, which is Big Brother for fighters. 
Yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate, right? Mm. Um, 100%. So, yeah, so I really like that. So um, basically, the first time I went, I did the audition for Tough 20, mm-hmm. um, which was the first one to include females, first one to include 115ers, which was my weight category. Um, so I went over, I did the audition, but I'd only had two MMA fights and, and maybe like a handful of Muay Thai fights, like maybe one or two, but like I, I, I hadn't really done anything. Um, and they were like, look, we really like you, but you just don't have enough experience for this. So like, come back next time, kind of like, whatever. Okay. So I was like, oh, you know, like I got to the final 20 or whatever people, but then they were like, look, you just don't have enough experience. I was like, all right, cool, fine. Right. What can I do? And they were like, go and get more experience. Go and fight as me- as much as you possibly can. Just go and fight. Get as much experience as you can. Right. Okay, cool. So um, fast forward two years, three years. I don't even know. Whatever it was. The think it was only about two years. Uh, the auditions for uh, Tough 23 came up. And I was back in England, I think, at this point. Yeah, I was. I was in England. So I was in Thailand for the first one. I went Phuket to Vegas, which is, don't ever recommend that flight, by the way. It's really? Atrocious. Uh, also, because I had to do a GoFundMe to get there because I was a lowly Thai teacher. Um, so I wasn't really earning any money. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I had to do a GoFundMe to get there. So I, I obviously didn't like want to spend, I didn't have the money to spend on a decent flight. So yeah. I, of having like a million layovers like this oh my God. across the world so um you know that obviously did not help uh matters with that but it was fine you know it's all good so then i go back to england uh the top 23 auditions come up like oh i had the first day i had like 20 people send me the link for it and i was like oh my god okay and I was kind of at the point where I was like, oh man, like it's so difficult. I can't get fights. Like no one wants to fight me or, you know. Because because you you actually at that point had had a lot of- I had some fights, but I wasn't that good. So it was like people would either want to fight a one and o- or an own one person or one and like, you know, some, someone's have one fight because hmm. they wanted to boost their career or they wanted to fight a big name, but I didn't really have either. Okay, gotcha. Like kind of in this weird middle ground where I just was really struggling to get fights. Mm. Um, And I was training at Andy's at this point and Mm. he had this wrestling coach uh, called Saba who is fucking amazing. I like literally love that guy so much. He was such a good coach and he was would co- he coached me for like all over Christmas like boxing day Christmas morning you know like coach 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 literally just like he pushed me so hard but I learned so much from him right and he was the person that got me to the point where I won the fight to get in the house so Amazing. he I mean I literally have everything I owe everything to him about getting in the house because 100% because it was him that that really pushed me. Um, and he was always there, you know, just never let me down, just always there, always supportive, always just 
100% in, you know, always have my back every time. Just so much time for him. And that's the sort of person that you just, there aren't enough of those people. They really aren't. <laughs> you know? And he that, just, man. yeah, I, I have so much time for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess uh, I did the audition then I came back to England. Oh, yeah. So I did the audition. It was like November or something. Or December. Mm-hmm. December. It was December. And they're like, right, if you're in the final 20, which I got into the final 20 again. And they, oh, that was the other thing is they remembered me from the before. Oh, so decent. Room. And they were like, oh, you came back. And I was mm-hmm. like, remember me? And they were like, yeah, of course we do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, oh, my God, Billy Room, remember me. This is so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was like really happy about that. And they're like, oh, you know, what have you done since you, you know? And I'd like, I was like, oh, I've had like ten fights in MMA and Muay Thai, like, you know, two. And I'd had, I think I'd had like eight or ten fights. I can't yeah. remember. And um, they were like, okay, so you, you know, you you've done what we told you to do, basically. Mm. Um, so then they were like, they so final twenty, right? The final twenty out of all twenty of you, sixteen are gonna get a call on this day. Sixteen of you are gonna get a call, and if you get a call, you have to get on a flight. The day after or like the it was like the, the call was on the saturday and the flight was on the monday right. prepare that you're fighting so go through your fight camp and uh if we call you you're, you're fighting if you, we don't call you you're not fighting right okay cool so i'm in fight camp now okay so it's all over christmas you know can't have any chocolate was, you know i don't care i'm going to i'm doing this i'm doing this, this is the best thing in the world like I'm training, yeah, as I said, like Christmas morning, I had my friend come and spar with me on Christmas morning, like, you know, everything. I was so like, this is happening. And um, and I remember my dad saying to me, actually, he was like, because he was really not into fighting. Like he was anti-fighting, anti-me fighting, anti-everything. Oh. Hmm. But he kind of knew that it meant a lot to me. And uh, he, he, he said to me, uh, cause I was like, you know, I was really worried. Oh, like, what if they don't call? And he said, look, work out the time difference. It's like, right. Okay, cool. He's like, decisions never get made before midday. I was like, right. Okay. He's like, and I tell you what, their time midday, bang on, they call yeah. me. Wow. Bang on, literally. And I was like, how did he know? That's good advice. That's good advice. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, they called me and they're like, yep, so are you ready to come to Vegas? And I was like, uh, yes, I am, yes. Amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, so then, yep, flew to Vegas, won the fight, uh, first round on bar, bam, 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 get in the house, done. How was the house? What was that like? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, yeah apart from I got a concussion, which kind of sucked, but right. apart from that, I loved it. Um, was got- it really kind of how it sort of portrayed, you know, that kind of tension and cat <laughs> God, no, it no. was so chilled. I think because ours was the first co-ed season. Um, okay. So like all, always before, like with the girls seasons, it's all, it was always quite catty just because there was, it was like a group of girls in together. Mm-hmm. We had boys in there. They're so chilled. They were such nice people. No. And like, to be honest with you, the girls were really nice as well. No. Like, there wasn't really anyone I didn't, like no one really got on with Kate. But apart from that, everyone got on. I mean, she just didn't really help herself. But I mean, I've got nothing against her. She just didn't help herself. Um, but yeah, apart from that, everyone just really got on. Um, yeah, literally no problem with anyone throughout the whole time. 
that's just genuinely nice people. So what, so what happened in there then with regards to the fights then? How did that play out? Uh, so basically they, uh, they picked teams. Um, mm. You can see on the, on the, um, the videos of it. Um, and then they're like, uh, so I got bronchitis. That was the other thing. I got bronchitis uh, like literally in the first week. So I was really sick. And um, I was really struggling, you know, obviously with bronchitis, you have like, you know, just normal breathing is really bad. But I was like trying to do some sort of training just so I could keep ticking over because I knew yeah. that I was going to have to fight. Mm -hmm. I wanted to fight so badly. And they, they're like, OK, are you ready to fight? Like, are you, are you better now? And I'm like, yes, I was not. But I was like, Bullshit. Yes. yeah. And uh, so they, so they're like, OK, fight. So fought against Lanch. I mean, she's amazing. Lunch is amazing. But I definitely should have won that fight. Like, mm -hmm. 100%. Um, I mean, all, I've got so much respect for her. So it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm not angry at her. As in, like, I know, like, watching the fight back, I know I won. But her right. hand raised. But I love her, so I'm happy for her. If yeah. that makes sense. She's yeah. amazing. And so you're treating it like an athlete rather than a you know something well, i mean don't get me wrong i'm still sad i lost i'm not like yeah sure you know it sucks man you put yourself through that that mm. whole thing it doesn't matter how much respect you have for your opponent it fucking sucks man yeah but it makes it a lot easier when the other person's so nice right gotcha you know so it's like yes i'm pissed off for myself but i'm super happy for her because she's such a nice person and i feel like she deserves it mm -hmm. so if she was a dick it would be like oh that fucking bitch you know but She's not. She's like the, probably one of the nicest fighters I've ever met. Okay. She's so genuine. She's so mm. nice. She's so sweet. She's so just a good person. Mm. She trains fucking hard as well. Mm. So it's like, she deserves it. Like, fair play. You know, I, I'm pissed off for me, but I'm happy for her. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fine. Wasn't meant to be. That's it. So, just cracked on. I mean, she gave me concussion. She fucking hits hard, man. Really? Yeah. By the way, she did not didn't knock me out, but did give me concussion. Wow! That's the time I've ever had concussion from not being knocked out. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. I couldn't open my eyes for like three days. So, so what year was this then? Oh, what year was the time? 2016. Was 2016. So, beginning uh, 2016, start in January till March. Right. You know I mean? yeah. yeah, yeah. What an experience, eh? Yeah, pretty much highlight of my career. Not gonna lie. Mm. Mm. And so, probably, since you since you've forever. been, yeah, well, it's. <laughs> It's an amazing thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you, you get oh yeah, you can't. Yeah, I mean, no matter what shit you go through after that, you can't really take that away from someone, can you? No, absolutely. I think that's the that's the other thing with experience as well. It's like you can't, no matter what shit you go through, you can't take away experience. Absolutely. So you can take away possession, but you can never take away experience. Yeah. So yeah. So so like then then you're then you're back and you're you know what are you doing? Are you like fighting pro? you know you know yeah um, so i get i guess mma and yeah i don't really know what happened after that i, I think i moved to london quite soon after that mm. got quite a lot of shit from a couple of the guys at andy's and he phoned up jude and was like um hey can helen train with you now and he was like yeah sure bring her up oh, okay right so went up to I, I was training a couple of times a week with jude um mm. then realized that it was where I needed to be kind of thing. So I moved to London. Um, did not like London. Do not like London. Still do not like London. Have never liked London. However, it was right. I was, the gym was right down the road from my dad's. And oh, okay. 
quite sick at that point. So it was like, well, I can sort of kill two birds with one stone here and I can be there a bit more for my dad mm. and I can train. And then subsequently got a job at that gym as well. Mm. Well, self-employed, but work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, it kind of, I mean, kind of worked. Um, certainly I, I was happy to be there for my dad more um, mm. because obviously I'd been to Thailand and I've been to the tough house and that had obviously taken me away from seeing him and he had got quite dramatically worse okay. in that time mm. so I think the fact that I could then be there around for him was mm. a big deal for him about, yeah. I mean he would never tell me that but no sure assuming that he appreciated it at some point yeah that's a funny so um when you're going in when you're actually going into the cage mm -hmm. um tell me about your mental process when you're going when you're doing that um i definitely have to be as relaxed as possible That's okay it's me so it doesn't work if you're hyped up and... no i have to be able to breathe okay um i think what goes through your head um, it definitely depends on the fight. Okay. Um, but there's quite a lot of self-belief that kind of comes out of nowhere almost. Mm. I don't particularly believe in myself on a day-to-day -day basis. I just kind of blag it, you know. I don't, I'm not like one of those people that's like, yeah, I can do this. I'm amazing. It's like, yeah, I'll probably be all right. Yeah, okay. Sort of like a quiet. Yeah, I'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. I'm always all right. I always just kind of like, make it happen make it work but i'm not like like i'm, I'm always okay but i don't have a massive amount of self-belief as in like i don't ever think i'm going to do something great <laughs> does that make sense like well, i think that, that, okay, yeah but yeah there's no like I, I don't i'm not one of those people that can be like yeah it's going to be amazing i'm going to be amazing i'm going to be the best i'm just like yeah let's try not to get knocked out <laughs> yeah yeah so how does that change then when you said that you go in and you've got this, you feel like this flow of self-belief kind of come from, like, what's that like? Yeah, that's my alter ego. That's Hellraiser. Okay. Okay. So um, she, she, she hangs out with me. for. Okay. So if you were going to talk about her for a bit, like what would, yeah. could you describe her? She is a lot more fierce than I am. Um, she's like, she's quicker like stronger better technique like she's basically like a way better version of me at fighting yeah i mean yeah. Everything. she's she's just good at everything she's kind of like she's not like blagging it she's just genuinely good okay you know? yeah like i just blag it helen mm. blags everything hellraiser is actually good mm. but if hellraiser doesn't join me in the fight i lose that's what happens. The only times I've lost is when Hellraiser does not join me. Oh, that's right. Problem. So I have to like channel it. And that's where I go wrong is when I can't like channel it. I can't get like my last fight. I just didn't get going. Right. And Hellraiser never came. Mm. She, she didn't, she didn't never turned up. And then I lost and I got knocked out. How do you know she's going to show? I don't. That's a fucking problem. <laughs> if it was a given, I'd be all right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and how can you tell when she's there? Uh, you just know. 
It's just, what does that mean? That's too vague. Well, like, I just know. Like, what, I, was it a feeling or you yeah, talk to yourself like, in the same way? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, I don't know. It's like an overall body calm and okay. like cool, calm, collected. I know what I'm doing. Reassurance, um, strength. Um, like, I feel together, you know? I, I feel like a, a complete human instead of like flagging it, which is how I normally feel. Mm. Kind of okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that's I there's no like official line to that, right? Yeah, no, of course not. No. Well, I think, <laughs> um, I think that's I think, pretty I think, much the best I can explain it. Yeah, no, because um I mean obviously, you know, when you know I've worked with a lot of uh, fighters and combat athletes and stuff like that, and so I'm very much pro the idea of having like an alter ego, mm. having, you know, giving yourself, having an entity that you almost like giving yourself permission to, you know, to be a savage, you know, to be, you know, violent, to be, you know, that kind of person or technical yeah. or whatever it is. Um, I think yeah, I, I, probably this, you know, high level sports people will kind of get that, but I think it's probably quite an alien thing for, um, you know, non-competitive you know, competitive people, mm. I guess, isn't it? You know, this yeah, idea, I mean, they'll be like, people, oh, that's a bit weird, you know, that's like, oh, you've got a well, bit of a Some people have, like, high-powered, uh, like, high-powered corporate people often have, like, an alter ego if they go into a meeting or something. Mm. Big meeting with, like, 50 people around the board. They can't just be themselves. They, you know, they have to put on their business head so to speak right right right, right, right same yeah. as that but instead of my business head i'm punching people in the face but okay. it's the same thing yeah yeah no I, I i that's a really good way of putting it and uh i mean I, I was speaking to someone today and we were talking about personality and you know and i said to this person um like do you know any babies she was like yeah that's a weird question like like now think about how you are with the baby. It's like, okay, yeah, it's go go goo goo and all that kind of coochie coo kind of stuff. And then go right now, think about when you're speaking to one of your, you know, the, the professor at Oxford, you know, about some high level academic shit, um, you know, and just like, right. Yeah. Well, I'd be like that. And it's like, well, they're, they're, they're two all you. Heads. Sorry. Yes. There's two different heads. Yeah. Yeah. The two different heads. And, and you know, the, the, the sort of the, the analogy I have for it is, it's almost like a disco ball, right? Mm. So you disco ball loads of little mirrors. And it's like, well, if 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 you've got the baby, you know, you rotate to the to the little to the little part, which is baby, and you know, you'll you'll communicate, you'll be you're still being you, but you're you know, you're you're doing baby, right? And then you'll rotate it again and then you know you'll get it to but you know, it's uh let's say if it's a parent. You know, then and then you'll be communicating. You know the way that you do when you you know with a parent, whether it's like close friends, you know, whether it's training partners, they're all different and they're all authentic. Yeah. But um, you know, so everyone does it. But I think you know having this massive sort of delineation that you go, well, that's my alter ego. You know, to some people they'd be like, oh my god, you know, the yeah. devil is in you, child. But actually, they probably do it anyway themselves, yeah, yeah, kind of definitely, thing. Definitely. Um, so so it is it's interesting that. You know, and it's for me, it's super refreshing to hear somebody that has got such a clear grasp on, yeah, it's a thing and yeah, it's okay, you know, as opposed to this, you know, kind of like um, not really being aware of it or, or, or you know, it, or thinking, oh, you know what, 
you know that it's some sort of bad thing yeah. um, so so like where where do you uh where do you see yourself going with with like are you still fighting pro um is that like because obviously everything's changed like the whole landscape's mm-hmm. changed and stuff like are you still planning to sort of get fights and pro- fight uh pro mma and or like are you just going to concentrate on the jiu-jitsu or what, what are you up to um great question not sure of the answer at this point uh, i had a chat with dave my coach uh, my current coach um been with him for a couple of years um dave lee dave lee yeah absolutely great guy fantastic guy. i love him he's yeah i just honestly just listening to him just makes me feel relaxed yeah he is just listening to his voice it's just like oh everything's gonna be okay yeah (laughs) i think you should do like meditation or something like i would listen to that all day yeah yeah it'll be okay dave's talking to me um (laughs) but uh yeah so i had a chat with dave yesterday um and we just thought i I said like what do you what do you reckon like you know i'm i'm kind of at a what i think we all are we're all at a little bit of a a turning point and you know where everything's a little bit different yet had nothing's really changed yeah um so looking at it from a kind of practical level Hmm. i'm almost 34 i um have obviously as we all have just had a year off Hmm. um i wasn't unfortunately privy to any of the secret training that happened uh i did none of that Mm -hmm. so i trained so i've had a year off and um it's any time it's not good after a year off to go i'm gonna fight yeah yeah sure you oh wait that's what you did well you're remembering all the good stuff yeah you're forgetting about the weight cut the fight camp the you know the hours and hours that you're spending away from your business from you know Mm. whatever you're you're forgetting away from you know you have no social life you have no friends and family you know all of this stuff and it's like well you for you you make the decision so he said look don't make a decision now mm. see what happens mm. when we get back to normal which we mm. were at some point we get back to normal if a fight comes up take it if you mm. want it. if you don't want it don't take it. Mm. Fighting's not the sort of thing you can do half-heartedly. For sure. The sort of thing you either want to do it and you do it, you're going to do it and you're mm. doing it. Mm. And that's how we've always been. I've always been like, give me the fight, give me the fight, give me the fight. Give me the fight. I mean, I've said yes to so many stupid fights and I've had coaches before being like, Helen, can you stop saying yes to everything? Like, for fuck's sake. And I'm like, sorry, I just really want to fight. They're like, this is not an appropriate fight for you. What are you doing? And I'm like, I just wanted to fight. <laughs> and, and then they'll have to go around and go, no, she says no. She does not say yes. She says no. But I got to a point where I was like, look, stop asking me if I'm going to fight or stop asking me like to promote it. I would say, look, can you stop asking me? Because I keep saying yes to stuff. And then my coaches yeah. are the ones that have to sort it out. So just ask them. <laughs> what, 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 kind of, what kind of inappropriate fights did you have? Oh no, this is like I most of them I my um, managed to get well coaches sort of said no. Like, Dodge out of, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing, Helen? This is yeah really different. We're like, you're taking a fight at 145, you're a 115 are you fucking idiot. Like, what yeah. I, I just wanted to fight. You're gonna get beaten up. Yeah. No, but I wanted to fight. <laughs> you know. But okay, yeah. 
luckily I've had people looking after me and being like look Helen this is fucking stupid what are you doing with your life and I'm like I don't know I thought you knew yeah <laughs> that's not none of my business so uh so yeah so he's like look don't make any decisions now so I'm not I'm not yay or nay I'm just let's see what happens and yeah. you know just see where life takes it I'm not I'm t- certainly not opposed to fighting again. Sure. Also realistic in the fact that I am older. Yeah. And, you know, there are less fights out there for an older fighter. Okay. There's a lot of good people coming up through the ranks, which are, you know, rightly getting the opportunities. Mm-hmm. So the sort of fights I would be getting, so that you've got your two, got two sides of it. You've got your young fighters coming up. Mm-hmm. All right. And you've got your older fighters that are super, super, super experienced. And I'm not really either of them. I'm older, but I'm not that experienced. That could in comparison. All right. So, and it's like, I don't want to go down. I don't want to, I, to me, I'm like, I've already fought for Bellator. Yeah. Wow. The ultimate fighter. I don't want to now go and fight in a sports hall. I'd rather okay. not. Yeah. 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 All right. So, unless I get in, in uh, Brave, yep. Brave was great. Brave was really good. I really mm. enjoyed it. Brave. Mm-hmm. not amazing money but i'm not doing it for the money let's be real um i think if you're fighting for money you're in the wrong job mate Do you know what yeah. I mean? well uh, yeah I guess. however brave bellator or ufc obviously that's not going to happen but like i'm just saying those are the those are the three if i had an opportunity if there was a pull out at last minute and it was a a thing of like look we need a fighter in two weeks time yeah of course i'm going to take it sure so i'm taking that fight yeah. However, I'm not chasing it anymore. Okay. That makes it. Whereas I used to be chasing, chasing, chasing. Now I'm like, look, if it happens, fuck yeah, let's do it. Why mm. not? Mm. You know? But I could take it or leave it at this point. In in terms of chasing it, I'm, I'm I've got a lot of other good things going on. Whereas I've never had that before. I've always. Well, been, that sounds like a nice place to be in, actually. Oh, it's great. It's great. I mean, yeah. Fighting's always been like the good thing mm. and it's not been that much else whereas now mm. it's like well, my business is actually doing really well now compared to mm. you know what it's what i mean where it's taken two years to get to this point but it's actually i'm starting to be a bit respected mm. and people are listening and people are actually recommending me i'm getting random messages from people going oh i was talking about you with so and so and they recommended you you they recommended me wow like that's incredible you know like someone's record someone's out there recommending me what that's insane like look me i'm what that's amazing so like to me that's like better than anything really you know like that's incredible do you do you take notice of that does do you kind of uh let that sink in you know that that like that external validation like you know, does it reach a point where this is happening? You know, loads of people are sort of talking about it. I don't even know, and they're saying that I'm good. Like, at what point do you go? Yeah, I, I, I must be. I am. You know, what, do you do you, do you struggle to sort of claim that, or are you? Because you know, you said that you were sort of blagging it, and I'm like, you're not blagging it. Like, you're super experienced. You're a smart person, and you know how to communicate. You know, you've got though the the those pillars um you know so it sounds like you know you, 
like you're almost like doing yourself like down a little bit but you know for all these people are talking about you, you know at what point does that have does that reach momentum where you're like okay i'm pretty good you know that kind of thing without being you know being a dick about yeah okay yeah definitely hasn't happened yet mm. i'll let you know if it ever happens um mm. i do i mean i really appreciate when people like so a recommendation and a compliment i feel like that's quite on the same level so yeah someone gives me a compliment or someone says they've been recommended but i mean that's a compliment in itself you know amazing yeah so it's obviously amazing to receive it um i'm still not a hundred percent okay with taking it so okay. for example like today this morning uh, no this afternoon sorry I was in a meeting and someone complimented me and they said um that was quite funny actually oh you're you're so much uh better looking than anyone else that does the same thing and I I laughed like they were they were trying to they were like they were, oh you you know you you look you're I can't I can't remember exactly the words but basically that's what you don't look punchy and uh and and what and I said well so she was talking about self coaching self-defense and uh and I was like but the thing is is that most people that teach self-defense are like 50 year old men yeah so I don't really feel like that's much of a a 30 year old woman or a 50 year old man like who's gonna look better really yeah 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 yeah. like (laughs) of course I'm 50 but you know oh yeah right but you don't teach self-defense so no that's right um so uh so it was, I kind of made a joke of, you know, like, oh, you know, like, I, I appreciate the compliment, but yeah, yeah, you know, I, I yeah. Um, but then one of the other ladies in the, in the room was like, well, virtual room, um, was like, oh, you know, you should just take that as a compliment. And I was like, well, I know she meant it as a compliment, but, you know, I kind of, I'm still there when I'm, where I'm picking holes in compliments, you know, mm. I'm still <laughs> But it wasn't a real compliment, was it? It was mm. it was a joke, right? You know? Um, so I kind of think that's it's nice to hear. Mm. And it's and I I certainly appreciate it. You know, if mm. someone gives me a compliment, I certainly appreciate it. I don't necessarily believe it. Okay. So it's like, okay, I probably look better than fit most 50 year old men that teach self-defense. Listen, can we back off the whole, like picking on 50 year old men? I know. But so, 50 year old men, you know, we've got hearts too, you know, no, I'm joking. I totally get it. Yeah. I, I potentially, I believe what she's saying. Yeah. But I don't, I just don't, I think maybe there's like a mental block or something of, Okay, so what if she said, like, uh, I've done some self-defense courses and the way that you teach is just the best? You know, something like that. Would you accept that? Which isn't yeah, about you. Someone, someone else said that to me as well. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I really do take pride in the way I teach and I sure. really, really love teaching. Hmm. Um, and I believe that I'm a good teacher. Okay, cool. Do. I do believe that I'm a good teacher. Mm. I'm not the best in the world, but I don't know who is. But like I I think I love it so much that and I enjoy it so much that I think that's why people enjoy my coaching. People pick up on the passion, don't they? 
Yeah, but rather the energy, the best coach in the world, which I'm not, because who is? But I think it's more that because I'm so passionate, that makes Mm. their experience of being coached more fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's I. I can't. I guess like I like rationalizing compliments, which kind of sounds weird when I say it, but yeah, I think that's. I think that's what I do. Is if I can't rationalize a compliment, I'm like, well, it's not real, then, is it? Well, I think I think what you're doing is you're 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 separating the, the bullshit from the the from the facts, and I think that's that's something that is a good strategy to keep you grounded, but obviously mm-hmm. being able to take the useful stuff. So you're not you're not walking around with your you know your head you know up in the clouds thinking that you're like uh, the best in in the mm-hmm. world, but you're like going well, okay, right, well, I'm going to take this for what it is, and you know disregard any of the fluff kind of thing. So I think that's yeah, a good strategy. yeah. Yeah, that I think that's yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. So that that sounds like um, that sounds like you, you've got a really good plan for your own kind of like progress. That you're not putting too much pressure on yourself. That you, you're going to let things play out. And mm. uh, do you think that it'll affect like the the intensity that you train, or do you think you'll still manage to be like going in and hitting it hard? That's yeah. a really good question because I love pushing myself. And that's yeah. such a question I've asked myself mm. uh, a couple of times. Like, mm. oh man, I love competing so much. I love testing myself so much. I love like winning. I love it so much. I have such passion for it. And I push myself so hard. But I think in the past, I've pushed myself too hard in maybe too many directions and not had a real focus point right and I think that's been a big problem for me um I'm quite like I have to be like I think for me my my kind of my downfall is trying to be the best at everything I do and not accepting that some things you're good at and some things you're not right um but I kind of get really obsessed with things Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I think for me, definitely, and I cannot be the only person that has this problem. <laughs> um, uh, I, I imagine there's, you know, there's, there's plenty of, of other people that can relate is kind of becoming so tunnel vision in tunnel visioned into a, a result and then not really enjoying the process yeah. um, because, you know, you, for example, you focus so hard on a particular competition or a fight or whatever. Mm. And I cannot wait to compete again. I really can't. I just want to sign up to every single competition going. Like, honestly, like, I just, just put me on the map now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would be so happy. Mm. Um, but I, I kind of want to do it differently this time where I really enjoy the process rather yeah. than the competition because... I have spent the last 10 years, I mean, my first competition, I'd been training like a month mm-hmm. or like two months or something, mm-hmm. you know, okay. my first fight I'd been training. Yeah. Like literally a few months mm. for May fight. Like what a fucking dick who let me do that. Like what the fuck, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I wanted to do it. So I did it. But what I'm saying is like, I've, since I started any martial arts, I've been competing from the word go. Right. There's never been a time where I've just trained. Mm-hmm. Okay. Competing, competing, competing. When's the next competition? I mean, I'm either competing or I'm rehabbing. 
Right. Injuries. Sure. Drugs. Yeah. Make that clear. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always injured, but I'm always yeah. competing and I'm usually competing on several injuries. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm generally either doing one or the other or both. Like that's, that's been the last 10 years has been being injured, rehabbing, competing, cycles for 10 years. Hmm. So what will, it, what will it be like to actually enjoy the process this time? You know, or this time, fuck knows. Um, I hope it'd be quite enjoyable. That's, hmm. that's my plan. If I don't enjoy it, I'll just have to get injured again, won't I? <laughs> yeah, good plan. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the B strategy. A little comfort cycle of yeah. injury. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, but I, but also, you know, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think enjoying just trying to be more present. I know it's kind of like a hippie-ish, but like mm. um, kind of trying to be there, trying to enjoy training for where it is rather than just when's the next session? What, you know, like what, what am I doing next? What am I doing next? You know, like trying to go, right. Okay. When I'm in this session, it's going to be two hours long or whatever. Okay? It's going to be two hours long in this, two hour session I'm not going to think about anything else I'm not going to think about work later I'm not going to think about this and that whatever I'm just going to think about training and that's it that's all I'm going to think about mm. and mm. I think that in itself is going to help my like mental state of training a lot better sure um let's see what happens I mean you can you can wish these things can't you but there's only so much control you have over your crazy well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can only control crazy so much, can't you? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, yeah. I mean, we just have to see how things work out, and yeah, ask me again in like six months. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, I'm not talking to her. Yeah. <laughs> be like, yeah, she's no, <laughs> she's gone too far the other way. <laughs> yeah, she's eating out of the bins in a ghee. You know, um, don't say no ghee to me. Um, uh, yeah, so. Um, why uh so so it's obviously it's woman's day the other day yeah. um that's really good and all and all that good stuff um and why should women do martial arts well uh everyone should okay why firstly um for different reasons uh so i think doing martial arts itself is quite personal yeah uh, I think a lot of people have different reasons and certainly I know my clients if I said to them even the ones I teach self-defense to they don't really feel like they're doing martial arts okay they're learning some stuff about self-defense it's not right. like even though I'm teaching them jiu-jitsu and like a bit of wrestling a bit of muay thai they're not doing martial arts in their heads yeah and I think everyone should learn an aspect everyone should learn how to take care of themselves mm. a little bit of discipline is mm. mm. really important but not everyone not everyone wants to learn in sort of the state that we learn you know that sure. everyone wants that intensity mm. um and like the, the people i've got at the moment because they're in their bubbles so mostly family so siblings parents kids parents wow. their kids which is lovely yeah and it's bonding mm. so that is um so i think you, you know you know that respect you have for someone that when you get tapped out and then you tap them out and then they tap you out and then you tap them out and you just form this respect yeah it's a deep it's a deep bond it, actually isn't it 
it is and it's something that you can't really rationalize or explain it's just like like it's why experiential so much oh because mm. they um choked me out and tried to break my arm wait and what? then i armbarred them and nailed yeah. them and face. then it's like but but people outside of of fighting just they're like what the fuck are you talking about like how? yeah <laughs> like that does not make any sense but it's like oh yeah they choked me out so many times that i respect them yeah like yeah what but if you say that to a normal person they think you're mental but i think just learning i think what it is is learning to be able to take care of yourself hmm. but also learning what damage a person can do yeah so for example um i've got these two girls that are sort of like one's a teenager and one's um in her early 20s mm-hmm. they're, they're absolutely amazing i love them they are brilliant to, to my clients and uh they obviously came to, well, came to me for self-defense and um god months ago now they said they were going to do three months and they've been with me for about seven or eight now mm. <laughs> they're amazing um and they started off really, really nice. It's like, just, so, all right, okay, I've got to teach you how to attack because if you know how to attack, you know how to defend. Mm. All right, so I just started, you know, jab cross, um, nice and chilled, just like slipping, working out the movement, like how far do I need to be, like looking at ranges, looking at, you know, just real basics, real mm. basics, you know. Oh, you know what? If if she did that, then I could do that. Oh, mm. And if she did that, and, and hold on, and then if she, you know, and, and they could see the, the cogs start start turning, and this is in the first week, you oh, know, wow. okay, you know, and they're and they're starting, and they just they're very perceptive that these two girls they are they're very perceptive, but and I'm not saying everyone will be this good, but they are shining stars, shining examples. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, right from the beginning, they're starting to pick up, like, oh well, if she does that, then can I do that? Mm. why not they're you starting know? to extrapolate uh, yeah. the information or, 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 or equally if she does that can i do that mm. try it and find mm. out what happens mm. oh yeah i shouldn't do that <laughs> you know yeah. it's like oh, oh. Her arms there now right yeah, okay yeah. cool right okay yeah. and it's okay great so now it's like if someone's in your personal space mm. if they're in with within the meter of you mm. what can they do if they're within two meters of you what can they do Hmm. kind of knowledge to any person in the whole world hmm. is useful hmm. everyone should know this this should be sure. possible hmm. honestly hmm. have a lot less work but i don't mind i'm okay with it yeah yeah teach the kids i'm fine with it well there was there was the um i think in england in in like the 50s i think boxing was boxing like was yeah, yeah, yeah you teach you know, I mean, I, i'm guessing it was it wasn't available for for girls because you know obviously you know, it's quite not. a sort of sexist kind of society back then. Um, you right, know, I'd have cut my hair off and strap my tits down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, and I think did someone tell me that um, uh, in in Abu Dhabi? I think isn't it? It's taught at schools, jiu jitsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even to be honest, in um, I was in Israel two years ago. Right. Um, and their jiu-jitsu program sponsored by the government and it is absolutely phenomenal the guys oh my god the guys in israel are insanely good really yeah i've heard good things about this oh my god they're amazing right seriously like wasn't expecting it at all it's like Mm. it's quite a small country yeah you know is it 
not that not that that should mean anything but you kind of like it wasn't i don't think they'd really put themselves on the jiu-jitsu map yeah until you go there and you realize that it's a country of absolute beasts and yeah. you're jesus christ i'm getting beaten up by a white belt here like, oh that? really oh my god yeah yeah you know yeah. and and like you know it's like some little kid like 14 year old kid and they're like running rings around you and you're like fucking hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> i get back all my belts <laughs> like yeah. i can't deal with this anymore yeah when's the nogi yeah. class yeah. yeah yeah but but honestly they're incredible so amazing. i yeah. and i think there is um you know there is certain well there are certain countries that are starting to put martial arts of some description mm. in syllabuses of mm. kids growing up but it certainly has not happened here yet and i can't see it happening here no um no. i mean they are made like you know there are some improvements mm. to things like mental health mm. problems but i don't think this is on the agenda yet yeah even though it would solve a lot of them yeah, I think um, if there were martial arts, mindfulness taught, and uh, you know, and being taught about your mental health, which obviously is happening now, you yeah, had those three things. I think it would be. I think. But I think the other thing, so um, you know, just being a little bit topical about the uh, the lady that disappeared the other day oh, yeah. last week in Clapham, um, and obviously, well, I'm, I've not read the news this afternoon, but as of this morning which is the last time i read it um they hadn't identified the human remains yet um so but either way it's someone's remains so even if it's not hers there's someone yeah no which isn't okay in itself yeah Yeah. um but just to sort of like it's women walking alone at night shouldn't be the problem yeah absolutely you know what i mean like yeah that shouldn't be the problem that shouldn't be what we're trying to fix like, yeah. it is, but that shouldn't be the problem the no. problem you know the problem is the people that the predators yeah i'm not saying it's always men because it's no. not but it is a high higher percentage yeah of course it is yeah you know yeah. looking so um with my clients actually i do quite a lot of looking into the psychology behind an attacker mm-hmm. and for example, an attacker is very unlikely to try and attack someone bigger than mm. them or someone that looks stronger than them. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time, if someone is attacking someone, especially if it's at random, they are basically taking something that has been given to them mm. and giving it out. Mm. So they're taking in pain and grief and whatever they've gone through. I'm not mm. excusing them. I'm just saying. Sure probably happened Mm. you know they've been bullied they've been tormented their whole lives and Mm. now like well i need to feel strong i need to feel like i am doing something i need to feel like i have a purpose whatever they're feeling Mm. i now need to go and do that that's what i know that's my comfort but i now need to go and do that to someone else so i can feel strong Mm. you know and that's the problem is that the person before that that tormented them in the first place, the beginning of the chain, it could be 10 years ago, it could be 15 years ago, it could be a hundred years ago, because that chain could have gone on for the last hundred years. You don't know, you know, every case is different, but whatever's happened, whatever, wherever the start of that chain was, that's what the problem is, you know, and. And there was probably a power, power relationship there with. Yeah. 
someone super powerful picking on that person when they were yeah a kid or, and you know. you know i mean at the moment we don't know is the guy that's been arrested is he did he know her did he not know her i mean i'm going to check the news after um we finish recording yeah. but at the moment i don't know the answer um yeah. either he, way he wasn't like a, a a normal bobby though he was like some he was yeah yeah, yeah. Level, like really high up diplomat diplomat yeah so but it's like you have to kind of think about we don't know the story we don't know the backstory we don't no. know the outs and i don't like making like assumptions i don't know of course without knowing the full story mm. but whoever was responsible whether it was him or not whoever it was is obviously not okay in the head no obviously need help mm. and it may or may not be given to them the cycle at some point has to be broken mm. and it can't just be broken with death mm. you know it has to be actively fixed mm. otherwise we're just going to be in even more of a problem mm. and it's i don't know i mean i don't know the answer by the way i'm just i was i was yeah i mean well it's it's a very tough one to answer isn't it i mean whether it's incarceration in prison or whether it's therapy. I mean, you know, I know uh, somebody that works in the prisons and they, there's a lot of work done in the prisons mm. in order to rehab, um, you know, uh, you know, people so that they can, you know, be functioning and, you know, uh, have a place in society again, after they've sort of paid their dues and, and, you know, they're, and, um, you know, done their sentence. And, um, and I think, you know, from, from, like a government's perspective sort of financially it makes it makes good sense to 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 make that rehabilitation work and that correction work so that because it's bloody expensive you know keeping people incarcerated and feeding them and this and that and all this it's so you know even from a a really brutal uh you know just cold economic light it makes sense to um you know to to work with with offenders and sort of re-educate them and, and try and you know uh, bring them down a different path and uh, yeah hopefully sometimes yeah. that works you know so. and i mean i think yeah i think sometimes it does work i think mm. the uh it, sort of going down the, the prison route which is a, another probably another discussion in itself but i think a lot of the problem is um the sort of stigma attached to um you know former prisoner mm. so the minute someone finds out that you've been in prison they look at you in a different way. Yeah. Friends that have been in prison. And before I knew that they were in prison, I had a perception of them. Mm. I knew that they'd been, doesn't matter what for, mm. as soon as I knew they'd been in prison, mm. whether I was conscious of it or not, which I, I, I am more conscious of it now because I think about these things a lot, but mm. back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, my perception would change straight away. Mm. You know, oh, I don't know if I trust this person. Absolutely. The trust is the first thing, isn't it? And it doesn't matter what they were in for. They could, it could have been completely, you know, wrongful, wrongful mm. incarceration. And I yeah. still like, well, I don't know if I trust them. Mm. All right, well, hold on a minute, Helen. Let's like look at the fucking full story first before yeah. you jump to any assumptions. Yeah. So, like you, you don't know the whole story. You never know the whole story. No, that's right. Nobody really knows the whole story of anything. Mm. Always two sides. Yeah, for sure. And the rest. Hmm. So, so, so um look uh i want you to give some advice 
mm-hmm. like um, in every episode, I reach this point and I say, right, give us some advice. And people are like, really? Are you really doing that? But like, yeah. So just take the question as you find it and give us some advice. So completely just any, any advice? You heard the question. Okay, cool. So um, firstly, I'm going to be pedantic and say, technically that wasn't a question. Okay. It's a request. Thanks. Um, That's more like it. (laughs) You can punch me later. It's fine. It's all Um, right. Uh, so, uh, advice. Okay. So here's my advice. Um, my advice is looking after you looking after yourself Mm. should come before anything. Um, I've been talking to a lot of people recently about, and I do this too, by the way, 1000%. And I have to constantly remind myself of it pouring from an empty cup. So what I mean by that is especially in lockdown and it's been kind of exaggerated really badly in lockdown um people are very quick to look after other people which is amazing Mm -hmm. yeah very quick to do things for other people they're very quick to say yes if something's asked of them they're very quick to um agree to anything even if they're not really sure they want to do it and they're very quick to make everyone around them happier and it's amazing it's really nice it's it's incredible i think you know as a whole the country has been extremely ex- supportive of each other as a you know as an entire nation yeah um you know maybe slightly excluding the government but you know i guess they are lower on to themselves um but taking them out of the equation i mean don't get me wrong some of the things they've done have been pretty cool but some of the things have been really fucking shit so mm. You know, there's another story. Uh, but the people, the, the general population, have been very supportive. Uh, there's been so many nice stories coming out of people helping, of people, you know, going above and beyond for their neighbours, for their elderly relatives, you know, everything. Nurses, yeah. incredible doctors, nurses, the whole NHS, the receptionists, everyone. They're amazing. That's the patience that they must have. Like, what? I would never have that patience. Mm. I would definitely punch someone. However, no one is looking after themselves anymore. <laughs> everyone's just fucking given up on that. Mm. And that's the problem we've got now, is that everyone's looking after everyone else, and that's amazing, and that's incredible, and I love it. But no one is looking after themselves anymore. Um, and I think I'm, I'm, I kind of like, I use it as a as a as a as a sentence I say to a lot of people make sure you take time for yourself right? yeah. to, to everyone pretty much um I don't think anyone listens to me unfortunately on that um on when I say that I'm like oh take some time for yourself I'm like yeah cool <laughs> okay yeah bye yeah <laughs> and I'm like all right okay and so so uh kind of recently I've been like so when did you just take like last take time for yourself and well, when did you last take time for yourself and I'm like no that's not the question uh when did you last take time yeah. hold on <laughs> um so I think my piece of advice is to schedule into your day mm. a time 
So maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's 15 minutes, maybe it's an hour, whatever you can do every day to just go, I'm going to do what I want to do in that time. Mm-hmm. If it's exercise, great. If that's meditating, great. If that's eating, great. Go eat some chocolate, go drink some wine. Mm. Maybe don't become an alcoholic, but you mm. know, if you that'd do, be, that'd be key. It's quicker to get rehab. So yeah. You so you might as well just do that and get rehab on the NHS because it's much quicker to do that than if you've got a fucked up head. So right. um, true story. Uh, so look after yourself. That's look after my, yourself. Okay. Just put it in your day. Make it like I have a, a plan every day of what, I'm, what I have to do. Okay. Mm. Yeah. It's right in front of me every single day. Mm. I have this. If I do not put it in my day, it's not happening. Right. 100% it's not happening. Right. Okay. Wow. You have to put it. And I mean, I'm not saying if I put it in, it's not 100% happening, but it's sure. more likely to happen. Yeah. You're stacking the deck, aren't you? Yeah. But if, if you plan it seven days a week hmm. and you only do five, that's still five days. You're, go- you're golden. Yeah. Yourself yeah that time. Yeah. You're not going to do it every day. Okay. Just hmm. put it in. If you don't do it. Okay tomorrow hmm. i'm sure you do it tomorrow don't go ah tomorrow 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 oh you've been saying that for a month you know tomorrow or today but nothing else no other options hmm. but just taking that time just to breathe and i and trust me i need to do this too i mean like hmm. as i said if i do not put it in my diary my my daily plan hmm. it's not in there it's not happening hmm. i'm not going to make time for it like 100%, that's not happening. Unless I actually physically put, it literally says in break in my thing, in my in my daily break. Mm. And it's usually I give myself half an hour. And like, okay, if I if it takes longer, if it overruns, fine, like whatever. If, it, if it's less, then okay, fine. I can, next time, maybe it's going to be more. But like some time to just go, cool, just breathe for a minute. Maybe I'll have a coffee, mm. chill out, have a tea, mm. you know, hot chocolate. You never know. Got it. Uh, Self-care. Whatever. Mm. Chicken. Whatever. <laughs> Stroke a chicken, did you say? Stroke a chicken. Yeah. If you've got chickens, it's quite therapeutic. Yeah, I'm, I bet it is. But what, but what I'm saying, like, it doesn't, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm saying it with, with a, a joking tone, but I'm serious. Yeah, for sure um so yeah so that's my advice okay anything else um that's massive actually you know to be no, fair i think that's that's really the if you just do that everything else will probably slot into place give if you give yourself too much to do you won't do it yeah, yeah for sure yeah. baby steps breaking it down kind of um having one little thing every day yeah i mean like i this is what i say to my clients is I'm not asking them to do an hour's training every day. I'm asking them to do 15 minutes. Yeah. You know? chunk, yeah. And then if they do 15 minutes, four days a week, that is an hour mm. and that's an hour more than they would have done. Absolutely. So, and, and half the time they tell me we did 15 minutes, but we wanted to do more. I'm like, Oh, you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And they feel but good as well. Like, so, we, and, and that's, and I'm, and I love it. And I, and I always tell them, you know, like this is it, but if you want to do more, do this. Yeah. yeah because gotcha. sometimes you know they 
sometimes, oh, you know what? I finished work really late. Like I didn't have time. I had no energy. You know what? Don't worry about it. Mm. No Just chill. It's fine. Yeah, that's good. And then tomorrow, oh, you know what? I finished work late. No, make time for you now. You had that yesterday. Now you're going to make time for you. Mm. Okay. You have to be strict with yourself. If you're not strict, it's not going to happen. Gotcha. Yeah. So how, how can people, um, how can people find you? Oh, Instagram pretty much. What are your, what are your Instagrams? My main thing. Uh, so my personal page is HH Hellraiser. Okay. Um, my, uh, business page is HHH self-defense. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, is that where so you do yeah, most I, of your stuff on there? I pretty much, um, I try and post every day on the business account. Okay. Uh, um, haven't posted yet today. Hmm. Have you, you you've got like a website and stuff like that as well? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, the links, every everything's linked to Instagram. So basically, if you go to my Instagram, hhh. Oh, on the bio, there. they'll be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every so, uh, you can go to my Twitter from there. Hmm. You can go to uh, Facebook. I mean, like, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not very good at Facebook. Hmm. It's not my forte in life. Um, but it exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, but if you want to actually talk to me, yeah. just Instagram or yeah. or email me or my website or mm. uh, you know, like it's, it's, easy. it's easy now, isn't it? Like if you just Google HHH self defense, I will yeah. come up. Yeah. Um, I will find you. Something seriously wrong with my SEO. But yeah. I'm sure. No, I'm sure it's cool. Uh, but yeah, Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. So it's the one. Try and be as active as possible on, on yeah. Instagram and forget about the others. Oh yeah, you you've got yeah you've got quite the following on on Instagram. Haven't you? On my on my personal page, people are very chatty in the stories. So like, uh, I often yeah. ask a question of a weekend, I ask a question and and I get uh, a lot of response actually. So that's that's, I was doing a lot in lockdown. Um, got a bit busier recently, so I haven't been doing it as much. But it's been nice to, you know, um, it's been nice in the in the quieter parts of lockdown. Yeah, you know, people are sharing their experiences, which I think is nice because I think. Um, I think you always just learn something. Yeah. Even if someone's sort of joking around, you just learn something from it. And, no, absolutely. You know, it's, it's it's nice to hear people's sort of experiences and little well, people, stories. People need connection, don't they? They yeah. need that connection, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So that's been, yeah, it's been nice. Well, man, I am so happy to have had this conversation with you. Um, I mean, we've obviously, we've, I think we've, we've spoken quite a few times before, but um, it's been good to just explore, you know, look at the whole kind of like your rise to success and uh, you know, that, uh, you know, charting some of the, those key moments in your life. that has been really good. And I appreciate you coming on and giving me this time. Cause I know that you are really busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, crazy busy. So, um, yeah, this is, this no, is good. I'm, I'm really glad that we, uh, we got to do it. So what I'll do is I'll, um, uh, I'll go through it and I'll, I'll, edit the video and stuff like that and then i will um it takes a bit longer but i'm sort of creating like little in youtube like little chapters so oh, you cool. don't so for for people that want to watch the whole thing you can do that and it'll be like helen and chickens you know and then then it'll be a time code so you can just click on that it's really really nice feature okay. in like the show notes and then it'll just go bang yeah and it'll have you talking about chickens Maybe. so um yeah cool but, but, yeah, yeah but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing an amazing thing, you know. Um, just out of interest, like, uh, and your self-defense clients, are they all women or predominantly women or is there a bit of a mix? Or 
mixture really yeah. um yeah real mixture i kind of like i originally started marketing to women and sure quite a lot of guys being like will you teach me i'm like yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll teach anyone I'll teach anyone that pays me mate <laughs> yeah they, they 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 hear the ultimate fight and they're like okay i'm good well, you know, i like, mean no guys are super respectful of me and it's yeah, really that's really decent like, yeah. you know I, I am a girl you know you could learn off a guy and they're like no 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 we want to learn off you i'm like okay yeah Ooh. yeah it's, fu- <laughs> it's it's funny there's that website um on uh called bark isn't there and you know they mm. they give you leads and stuff like that i mean i've always found them pretty atrocious to be fair but um there are some you know when people are going for therapy or coaching some of them only want to see a woman some only want to see a man some people yeah. you know uh don't mind so it's i guess it's down to the individual isn't it but yeah totally, that's really totally. Good. Yeah. Well, i think it's ultimately you just have to get on with your coach it's yeah you know, it's got to be a rapport isn't it if yeah. you get on with them it doesn't really matter i don't mm. think no that's right yeah um but yeah amazing yeah. oh thank you so much my friend good to hear good to have you on and uh yeah i'm sure i'm sure you'll have people sort of reaching out to you and, and watching the, watching the podcast and stuff so i'll, I'll let I'll, I'll send you the links you know when yeah it's send me all the links. so, so it'll be awesome thank you so much and yeah yeah if you make any videos and you know you're like you want me to post them on um instagram or whatever just sure I'll, yeah i will do that. yeah no I'll, I'll hit you up for sure yeah no nice one helen thank you so much all right thanks all right, take care cheers bye, bye.